Kipton, Annapolis Center, do you have any test operations restricted? Area 2508. Area 31, Roger. Traffic is quite luminous and is exhibiting some non-ballistic motion, over. Roger, Area 31. Continue to send at your discretion, over. Okay, Center. The traffic is approaching head-on, all to right, and really moving. Right by us, right now. There are a thousand UFO sightings reported around the world every month. 90% of these sightings can be explained, but 10% cannot. Officially and unofficially, the U.S. military has been investigating UFOs since 1947. Their top secret goal is to find out what's behind these unexplained sightings. The Pentagon classifies them as unusual airborne anomalies, but a better term is X-Files. Join us now as Mac Wanwan and Commander Cobra explore these unsolved cases, UFO incidents that baffle even the U.S. military. This is Mac Maloney's Military X-Files. And now, here's Mac Maloney. Well, good evening, everyone. Welcome to Mac Maloney's Military X-Files show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. What a show we have for you tonight. But first, let me introduce the members of the posse. Girls, get ready. Get the mister, get the fan, sit yourself down, get the big box of wipes what of the small what is it hang on let me start again hold on all right do you, you, missed do you need the, the lube or not need the lube no we, <laughs> we didn't even get to you the lube need, i guarantee that you won't need the lube right raven <laughs> unless you have that condition you definitely don't need it wow <laughs> i wish i could reach to do the screen and slap you no, you would need the lube if you had all right condition. okay all right Oh, oh, you would, yeah. Oh, please, Matt. Can I think I do they it, call please? it dry socket. Okay, all right. Hang on. <laughs> Matt, can I do it? It's been so long, please. <laughs> wow. And, no, let me let me just get, see if I can get it again. Okay, girls, it's time to sit yourself down, get your mister, get your fan, get your big box of Kleenex and your small box of wipes, your squeegee and your lube. Because a very famous one I want is here. <laughs> Hey girls, welcome to the show. Hey Mac, how's it going? There's no glad script to on tonight. Yeah. Oh, yep. Uh, glad you can join. Boy, us. Do, do, do they really need all that equipment? Uh, what equipment? I think we'll have to. I think the next swag bag that we offer should be uh, should be yeah adult uh, a certificate to Walgreens, and we're going to get all those things that you just mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> the Mac Pack. Right? Know, wow. <laughs> okay. The Mac wow. Show Open Swag Bag. How did we all of a sudden get into the uh, women's uh, sanitary uh, aisle or something? I don't, I don't oh, know, but uh, I've gone through there from time to time. <laughs> I remember when I was a kid, I used to hate that. I don't and know why. As an adult, you like it? I mean, what, what are you even doing yeah. there? What are you doing in that part well, of the store? For the, for the little woman, you know. Oh, I see. Yeah. You just got a little lady. Kind of biggie. Okay. Wow. Should we just start over? <laughs> We're three minutes in. Oh, should we plunge on? Keep it for Mac after dark. Plunge on. Yeah, we'll we'll need. Yeah, okay. We'll, we'll plunge on. Maybe it's just a Mac after dark. The entire entire episode. Okay. Anyway. Okay. This will be the Mac after dark uh, aborted opening segment. Okay. Nothing but openings. All right. Okay. <laughs> Might be able to come up with a better name, but you know, okay. Okay. Well, listen. Speaking of dry sockets. Sorry, milk skills and Gigi gills. Awful. It sucks. Wow. No cocoa tonight. No cocoa. No, no, no. Don't count them out yet. Oh, that's right. I'm so used to saying no cocoa. Another attempt. Maybe no. There might be a cocoa. Might be a cocoa. Defy his equipment. No switch. No switchy. But switch is going to be uh, with us very soon. I got word. You keep saying that, but from the the front. Yeah, he has uh, roughly a uh, rider truck rental truck full of books that he has to move. He says it's an entire truck of books. So he's doing that. You know, it takes a while. Yeah. But he'll be with us soon. And I've uh, asked him to keep a list of everything he ate every Tuesday morning. 
for breakfast. It'll be the same. That would be good. It'll be nice. Just a Denny's menu. Anyway, so uh, no switch tonight, but however, up there in uh, Sideways New York is our good friend Raven. Hello, Raven. Hello, my friends. Thank you so much for having me. Mm. We'll have you anytime, Raven. Wait a second. Wow, this is... Uh, the I think that's song. a Bob Dylan song, but George Harrison did, did first great version of it. Yes. yes. Oh, from All Things Must Pass. Mm-hmm. Yummy version. Yes. Raven. Do you know who George Harrison is? Do you know who Bob Dylan is? George Harrison's my favorite Beatle. I share a birthday with him. You, February that's 25th? Right. Oh, yep. wow. That's yeah, right. Yeah, yep. I, I don't remember that. Yep, but recently. Yep. Favorite Beatle. So uh, it snowed up where uh, Raven lives in Sideways, New York. Was that yesterday or today? Throughout the night. Throughout the night, yeah. In New England, we get a lot of wind and rain, but I know upstate New York and up, you know, way up there kind of got a lot of snow. And, man, it never goes away. Doesn't it kind of suck living in the um, upstate? I was it's told it snowed crazy. in Wolfboro. We have a friend that lives in Wolfboro, which is only 20 minutes north of me. Hmm. But it's, it's a higher elevation situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. snowing up there off and on. Yeah. And we lost power this morning for about a half an hour. Did you really? Oh, man, I hate that. Yeah, we did. What a drag, man. Seriously. But. I know. Just. This is how I was ready to hop in the shower. Boing's yeah, gone. Really? Mm-hmm. So listen, talk about hopping in the shower. Also with us is our silly <laughs> correspondent, <laughs> Jocko Johnson. Whatever. Jojo, how you doing? Yes, sir. Okay, I guess. Glad to be here. Didn't Hello, he look like everybody. he was just taking a hit on a pipe? What did you just... Nice taste. What, in it with a straw? Yeah, it's in yeah, a okay. All right, okay. Look like, look like a pipe. What's wrong with that, Max? I saw, Iced uh, tea with a straw? Yes. No, no. Well, you're not supposed to use straws sure. anymore. You know. I'm, I'm sorry. Well, no, these are like some kind of biodegradable, oh, biodegradable yeah. ecologically friendly okay. straws. Yeah. Reusable straw. Kill the whales. Yeah. Now, nah, you throw them out, but they disappear to nothing. They- <laughs> now, uh, down here, we call that sweet tea. It's not iced tea. Yeah. Mm. It's just sweet tea. So, Jojo, what's going on down there, down south, south of the Mason Dixon nice, line? Man. A lot of bad, rainy. Thunderstorms, wind, like you guys were saying. I guess it came through here first. There's the weather report. Yeah. yeah still I, have the wind. Otherwise, everything is the same. Yeah, it was windy. It was so windy. How windy was it? It was so windy down on the island. They had to close the road to have a uh, bulldozer move all the sand off the road. All really? The, yeah, all the wow. sand just came right down the little street there. <clears throat> well, I don't know if you saw it on the news, a big thing here where we have a pretty big bridge and uh, tall and uh, – this container truck has come from the ports out here. Right. Somehow they didn't attach the container properly or at all to the trailer. And as it was crossing the bridge, it flew off the back oh, of the trailer. Ooh, and ooh. that's a heavy duty metal container. And it was in like the middle lane. Yeah. And there was a police car in the right lane. And he actually hit the police car, crushed it, oh. flipped it over three times. And it went off the side of the bridge. And uh, it actually, the container went, I think, and the car got just smashed. And mm-hmm. cop walked. Cop walked out of it. They were lucky, man. Man, on a bridge. Wow. Yeah. We were talking off here. I'm not a big fan of bridges. So uh, anyway. Um, I always I stay in the middle lane. Yeah. Yeah. I do too. Yeah. You know, in the, in the left lane. Yeah. 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 Yep. Some of them are just too high to exist, it seems like, sometimes, you know. But anyway, it's another show. That bridge in Maine is really uh, one that Eileen is paranoid of going over. She always has these dreams that the, that the bridge is going to open up, which it doesn't. It's not <laughs> one of those bridges that open up. And she's going to fall through. What are you talking about? Which bridge? The one that goes from Portsmouth into Maine? The Piscataqua. Yeah, yeah, that's a uh, high bridge. Big yep. thing on I-95. Yeah, that's a high bridge, man. Yeah. That's a high I've one. I've seen man. Final Destination. A bridge can open up even if it's not supposed to. Really? Okay. Is that what happened? Yeah, yeah I guess. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's a pretty tall bridge. And the Mystic Bridge in Boston, you know, the, whatever they call it. You know, that's, that's a 
pretty high bridge, very congested yeah. area. You're up there. Number for a of people have been thrown off that one. I jumped, yeah. Up by wind. <laughs> That's another show. Anyway, so um, we are here, the four of us, and uh, Cobra is going to be joining us later on. What we're going to do tonight is discuss just weird stories having to do with the military. You know, some uh, UFO-related stuff, just some kind of odd paranormal stuff. Raven has this like, crazy story about a, a, a dummy that was in a POW camp, if you can imagine that. Right, Rafe? Yes, I did refrain from referring to him as a dummy because I don't want any bad juju. Okay, all right, so bad juju. A doll until we introduce him for. Oh, I say, oh, from him. Okay, yeah. All right, yeah. Okay, all right. Let's not call the dummy a dummy. I guess so. Um, we're going to call him a doll until the right moment. And um, I think it's funny that I, there's a movie right there. There's there's a, there's like a you know a, you know a funny movie where a ventriloquist and his dummy get locked up by the Germans. And the Germans are all stupid and stuff, and they think the dummy's real. No, doesn't write itself. Hogan Hero. You, you could. I mean, that could be Three a times. Mel Brooks movie. Yeah, Mel. There you go. A hundred yeah, times. Oh, Definitely. it would be great. They, they think he just can't speak German, so they don't know. <laughs> Not too want. I suppose this is kind of a military um, X file. So, have you ever heard of a movie called The Day the Clown Cried? No. Okay. I've heard of it. I've never seen it. Uh, yeah. yeah. I've heard something. Very few it. people have. It's a movie Jerry Lewis filmed and paid for himself back in the 60s. And um, because no other studio would, you know, give him the money for it. And what it's about, it's, I don't want to be insensitive, but what it's about, it's about a clown who leads people into the um, gas chambers at Auschwitz. Oh. Okay. All right. I've heard of that. That really happened, right? Right. Um, well, I don't know if it really happened, but he made it kind of. Semi-funny, semi-funny. So he got laughs out of Auschwitz. And um, no one's ever seen, you know, I mean, very few people have seen it. It's under lock and key. They thought when he passed away that, you know, we'd see the light of day or something like that. But, you know, talk about an idea that's, you know. I'm adding it to my watch list right now. Yeah, I didn't find was that. It, was it there 1972. I'm sorry, Tucker. That's okay. There, there was an Italian actor who won an Academy Award for him. Yeah, that was, uh, that. yeah, what was the name of that? Um, can't Bertolini or some crazy yep. guy. He was a nutty guy. Yeah, he gets locked up and saves his kid and from his concentration right. he camp. He plays like he's a clown, I guess, or a comedian, right. and he tries to amuse the kids. Once a, there's, there's a lot of laughs to be mined in uh, prison camps. So why don't we do this? Why don't we? Hey, Serge Gainsbourg is in this movie. Serge, Serge is in the movie. Serge, Serge, oh, Serge. Oh, is it Serge or Sergey? Sergey Serge. Gainsbourg. What movie oh, is that? What am I? Um, what movie is that? In uh, the day the clown died. Yeah, huh? Yeah, and some comedian, some comedian. He's the guy that did that song "Jetem," right? What say once again, please? He did that song, the yeah. hit record called "Jetem." Oh, really? Yeah. What are you With talking the about? Girl. French rock and roll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a, that's a nice talk about a, song. It went to the top of the charts. Talk about a, most of the popper most, I think. Talk about an oxymoron. French rock and roll. Think about it. <laughs> when have you ever heard a French rock and roll song that you liked? I'm impressed Sorry. that J.J. know about it. That's nope. amazing. Well, he's very, very impressed. He's very confident. This so, movie looks messed up. Yeah, yeah. Well, Jerry was a messed up guy. You know, Jerry Lewis had a lot of problems, you know. I mean, he was a, he was an entertainer, and a lot of these people uh, have problems. And he was someone who had problems, had a lot of money, but he did a lot of interesting things. He's the first guy that ever had video on a movie set. So when they would shoot the movie before him, you know, if yeah, you would know, you wouldn't know if something went wrong until they went through the whole process of processing the movie, and then the next day you can see what they call the rushes, the scenes. 
So he said, let's just put a video camera on the on with the movie camera. We'll check the video camera. If the video camera's okay, then we know the film is okay. He saved studios millions of dollars just from that mm-hmm. idea. Um, yeah, and he used he did all he did a lot of kind of innovative cinematic things. It's odd to even say it, Jerry Lewis, but and he's also really good in um, oh that Scorsese movie, The King of Comedy. You know, I'm always oh, yeah. down on Scorsese. I'm always down on him. I think he's, he's turned into a hack. But you got to see The King of Comedy with Jerry Lewis. It's one of the best movies ever made. Robert De Niro, Jerry Lewis, and tons of people you've seen. It's a great movie. And, and just in mm-hmm. realistic, uh, or it could happen, that type of thing. This could easily happen. A good creep happen. factor, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially he's doing the, he's doing the radio show, and it was his mother screaming. Adam from the kitchen, he's down in his mother's cellar doing the radio show. That's how I feel here sometimes. There's my mother screaming at me. Not fun. Anyway. So why don't we do this? Why don't we take a commercial break now? And uh, we'll be right back after this, hopefully with the cocoa. If not, we'll plunge on. You're listening to Macaloni's Mill Tracks, our show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. We'll be right back after this. Let's try that again, shall we? Get the Annapolis Center. Do you have any test operation in restricted area 2508? Aries 31, roger. Traffic is quite luminous and is exhibiting some Officially and unofficially, the U.S. military has been investigating UFOs since 1947. Their top secret goal is to find out what's behind these unexplained sightings. The Pentagon classifies them as unusual airborne anomalies, but a better term is X-Files. Join us now as Mac 1-1 and Commander Cobra explore these unsolved cases, UFO incidents that baffle even the U.S. military. This is Mac Maloney's Military X-Files. And now, here's Mac Maloney. Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome to Mac Maloney's Military Flash Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. What a show we have for you tonight. But it seems like I have deja vu. Let me reintroduce or introduce the members of the posse. Girls, get ready. Sit yourself down. Get yourself a big box of Kleenex, a small box of wipes, a squeegee, and some lube because the very famous Juan Juan is here. Hello, ladies. Hello, Mac. Glad to be here again. As always, as you know, I live for this. I live for this opportunity to really uh, interchange with you all kinds of crazy, wacko ideas. So listen, and then always ask you, "What's up with the squeegee? Why do we need the squeegee?" I was, was going to say, "How did that sound to you?" Twelfth time, the twelfth time through. <laughs> did, I hit, great. did I hit all the marks? <laughs> anyway, you uh, hit all the erogenous zones, my friend. Well, oh, that's why we're twelve into it, there, my friend. Because the other eleven can't be heard on the air. Hey, listen, someone who can't be on, heard on the air is joining us tonight. A good friend. They call him Coco on the street. We know him as Commander Cobra, CC. As always, Mac, thank you very much for having me join the formation, be part of the great show, yes. uh, Mac Molly's Military X-Files. Yes, Glad yes. to be on the wing. Good to see you, Cobra. Good to see you, too. Did you do any flyovers over uh, Portsmouth uh, today? No, I did not. That was restricted okay. airspace. Yes. Okay, I bet it was. Timeless. And it's it's double restricted for somebody like me. Timeless. Yeah. Timeless. Yeah. So uh, everything okay up there in the uh, comp- compound slash bunker? <laughs> Um, since the last time we spoke, uh, we're still waiting to put the roof on so that we can have solar panels. Uh-huh. Still like living under a yacht. 
uh-huh. uh, with tarp blowing. I, uh, I had more favorable uh, tarp time in Florida than I'm having tarp here time. in the great state of Maine. Nothing like tarp time. Sounds like wow. a good name of a CD, a kickback dancing CD, tarp time. Listen, but uh, you're, you're getting solar panels. That's kind of crunchy of you, isn't it, there, Coco? I, you know, that's the funny thing. You know, you, you, you like to take those uh, kind of oblong shots at me. And, um, <laughs> I, I don't, I'm not quite sure why you think that. I don't know. I don't know. I, I mean, we recycle everything that we possibly mm-hmm. can up here. Um, I sell the uh, manure or basically trade it to all my neighbors so that they can grow manure, uh, yes. you know, in the gardens and stuff. Um, you know, yes. I, I, we're, we're kind of crunchy, hmm. you know, we, yeah. in our own special way, we just, you know, being we, in your we, face we just don't it. vote the way you would expect he's going to, to vote in your, in your universe. He's going to be wearing Birkenstocks next time I see him. All right. You know, 20 bucks. <laughs> We love Raven is too expensive. Overjoyed. I buy my too footwear expensive. at the <laughs> L discount. That I believe. Listen, you heard her in the background there. Is our uh, favorite good witch up there in Sideways New York. Raven is with us tonight. Raven. Hi, my friends. Thanks so much for having me. Mm-hmm. Hi, Raven. Good to see you. Good to see you. As always. Does it seem like deja vu to you as well? Yeah, I feel like it we did this. Yeah. Maybe I dreamt it. No, no, me too. Um, so anyway, how are you? How's things with you? Everything is good up here. Mm-hmm. I woke up to like six inches of snow, and I have a an entire tree branch down in my backyard that she said snow. is as wide as my backyard is. So mm-hmm. Now I have to deal uh, with that. Now what do you do? That you pick up the phone call, Lonely Larry. He'll take care of that. Too sweet, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm I'm already borrowing his car two weekends in a row, so I don't know if he's going to be willing to help me with that. And he'll survive. Don't worry, he'll survive loaning his car <laughs> for two weekends in a row. Anyway, so um. Uh, since uh, not since we've spoken, but most recently, uh, myself and then on a late night, Juan Juan went to see Matt Maley and One Night with Queen, and and uh, Raven's going in a few days, right? Yes, I'm going on the 23rd mm-hmm. um, in Pennsylvania, and I'm looking very forward to it. I love Queen. It's a great show. So anyway, so it's a really good show. Yeah, yeah, it really yeah, is. I'm really excited. I was happy with it. A show. It's a show. You know, as opposed mm-hmm. to a concert, it's a different thing, but still very, very entertaining. Talk about very, very entertaining. Our southern correspondent is with us, way, way down, way, way down south of the Mission Dixon line. We call him Jojo Jocko Johnson. How are you doing? How are you guys? Glad to be here. Mm-hmm. Hello to everybody. Uh, when we get those uh, logs in our yard or trees, we call that firewood down here. And the firewood. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, so it fires up the fires up the stills for all that moonshine you guys wow, make, right? Man, I don't know. Somebody gets a chainsaw and an axe, and we're in business. <laughs> Someone wrote me today and said, uh, "Have you heard about a certain restaurant?" And I wrote back just to be kind of a wise guy. I wrote back, "They have rabbit pate, but what I was trying to say is they have duck pate." You know, this is at the Sunset Club, Wani, right? Yep. Duck and then pate. they wrote back and they go, "They go duck pate, um, pate. I'd rather possum pate." Now this guy is also from South America. He was cool, fooling around. I googled it, and sure enough, you got possum pate. You know, recipe. Yeah. Anyway. Right. They were probably confused because it's duck season, not wet season. season. Well, who would know? Who would know the difference if you've eaten either one? But hey, listen, That's um, terrible. Jojo, so you don't have you ever when you, when you moved down there? Did you go hunting when you first moved down there? Did you ever get into the hunting fishing? Uh, at, not at, here. But everyone I, down I used there. Used to go hunting upstate New York and in Pennsylvania when oh. I lived in New York. Oh really? Yeah. What would you hunt? Other people? Uh, well, yeah, I, I used to, well, I'll tell you, the, the two-legged variety in a harness, <laughs> because they think and shoot back. Oh, yeah, that's but, the um, downside. Yeah, some uh, deer hunting and uh, vermin, vermin and varmints, you know, that mm-hmm. didn't uh, help people in their farms and stuff. 
Mm-hmm. We well. kind of go out and scour the area and get rid of them. And uh, little things like that. Yeah, sure. So bird hunting, duck hunting. Sounds like a Law & Order episode. Did you ever, When you were in the force, were those shows on Law & Order? The Law & Order franchise? Or is that I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think so. I was wondering what cops think of those shows. So anyway. Yeah, it's, pretty, it's pretty bogus, that one. Yeah. Um, we have a top 10 for the night. Okay, top 10 for the night. And uh, as our listeners may know, uh, Juan Juan is moving to the UK very soon, you know, That's allegedly. Right. So tonight's top 10 list is top 10 reasons Juan Juan is moving to the UK. Okay, top 10 reasons Juan Juan is moving. I'd like to know those. Well, you're going to find out soon there. So we have the list there, <laughs> Rafe? We got it. All right, we're going to start the music. There we go. Number 10. All right. Uh, in order to maintain his superpowers, he needs to be as close to Lily James as possible. Really? True. Yeah. True or false? You're right. He goes, yeah. <laughs> that might be a reason why I've been watching the movie yesterday, like you know, four nights and five really? nights in a row. Yet you were disappointed by you were disappointed by Pam and Tommy. the Pam and Tommy out of me and watched wow. yesterday. That's what everyone says. A lot of people said, I saw something today that said, was Pam and Tom, uh, was it was it uh, fair to Tommy? <laughs> was it fair to Tommy? <laughs> I th- there you go. Oh, we don't. Know I don't that know, but I think the Tommy representation by Sebastian Stan was incredible. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. What a surprise. So anyway, okay. Why don't we uh, number nine? Uh, top ten reasons why one one is moving to the UK. Number nine. Number nine. After drinking so many chocolate martinis over the years, he's developed a permanent stiff upper lip. So why not? Right. Wow. I'm gonna pick up the accent and go with it. I think that that one there uh, has got some strong possibility. Okay, let's yeah. go. Number eight. Yeah, he's just looking at his face and the reaction to how that was said. <laughs> with, the four, <laughs> with the fourth gear. Yeah. Number eight uh, can finally reenact the entire downtown Abbey story as a one-man play in the round, dressed only at, in a loincloth, and this time no one will laugh. There you go. Wow, right. that's right. right there. He was right. That actually, right might be. No, no one oh, I don't know. These are these are tied right now. <laughs> wow. Okay. Next, I mean, please. Number seven. Keith Richard. Keith Richards moves to the states. Juan Juan moves to England. It's the circle of life. It's the circle of life. <laughs> moves to Connecticut, Midwest, which isn't too far away from where I am now. I almost did this. I almost put the circle jerk of life, but I didn't want to. That that would have been too much. Wow. I'm glad you didn't do that. Next one. question, please. Next one, please, Rip. Number six, <clears throat> he'll finally get a chance to see exactly what this tea and crumpets bullshit is all about. Yummy. Go ahead, please. The kids uh, like to the kids like to bake, and they're baking that kind of stuff. Oh, really? Yeah, they're into that. Yeah, yeah, they do. Hmm, okay. Sarah and Lisa baking the stuff like crazy. Oh, cool. That's cool. Why don't you have them mail some over to us, and we will get into it as well. I don't even know what crumpets okay. are. Would they last yeah. through the mail? Oh, that'd be, yeah. That'd be interesting. What are they? Little cookies, right? Crumpets, little cookies. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so, anyway, yeah, top 10 reasons why Juan Juan is moving to the UK. Please, right. Uh, number five will fulfill his dream of giving Prince Andrew his 75th all access teddy bear. <laughs> oh, <no>. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Wow. From a show a few weeks ago. Wow. Yeah. Well, okay. I don't know if I'll go that far. <laughs> well, let's see. All right. Please, Raven. Number four, um, now that the queen is officially a widow, it's time to quote unquote, get slick, jump on those thrumpity bits and kiss her like an Aussie. <laughs> it is her jubilee, you know, and everything is uh, mm. everything is happening this year. For Whatever else jubilee. I, I thought you were going to say everything is up for grabs. Soon he'll be on like the, uh, the gods at the palace's watch list. Yes. <laughs> yeah, really? Yeah. 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 They'll know him. Yeah. Oh, man. 
Okay. I just want to add to that one. Um, no, no children should be Googling kiss her like an Aussie. You're not going to see. Yeah, that's not, that's, this that's, is adult content. All four of them are now Googling. Thing. Okay. All right. Ed, <laughs> top 10 reasons why Mama was moving to the UK. Number three, he owes the black eyed kid money. So he's getting out of Dodge. Yeah, I'd get out too. <laughs> Wow. Oh, I'd be scared of him coming yeah, after yeah. me. Oh, boy. <laughs> talk about talk about having somebody for tea and crumpets. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> I'll invite them in. You gotta take you gotta take a pet census <laughs> after the black eyed kids come by. Like, it'd be funny, he'd be found with that voice and an English accent. You know, we'll have to, maybe have some, <laughs> some maybe have some cousins over there. Okay, next, please. The top ten reasons why one one is moving to the UK. Number two, he can present Prince Charles, who divorced one of the most beautiful women in the world, to eventually marry someone nicknamed the Rottweiler, with a new pair of f***ing glasses. Someone should have sat this guy down a long time ago. Okay? We went into a dark, okay. dark place here tonight on and this. And listen, listen to me. You're married to a beautiful woman. You look like a Volkswagen Beetle with both doors open. Get it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Live with it like all Diana those. Was so beautiful. How old was she at that? Then it's like oh, she, she was she like, was like almost twenty years, <laughs> yeah, younger than him. I mean, come on, get with it there. Uh, um, just uh, you know, just a, didn't work out. A, a um, guy who um, who works with Chris Billius at the studio, right at Bristol Studios. Now get this, he's the nephew of what's her name? Uh, what's 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 Camilla? Camilla. He's the nephew of Camilla. What was her name? Um, Camilla something something. Camilla Bowles Parker, and yeah. she used to babysit him when he was a when she was a teenager and he was a youth. And she said, she said, all she used to all she used to do was just lock us in a closet for like three or four hours, you know, and then just <laughs> let us out and say, don't say anything to your parents. That's the way she. Great. She sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. Anyway. Bet she's fun at parties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, we shouldn't say anything bad about the royal family because uh, one one is soon going to be one of their. Uh, Members is that the right. yeah. subject is the Subjects. term that they like. Yeah, okay. Yep. Mm -hmm. Wow. Mm -hmm. Okay. Subject. It's a, it's to me it's a whole kind of fantasy world. Frankly, it's just like kind of like a royal fantasy that everyone over there wants to engage in, which is fun. They're like our celebrities. You know what I mean? They're like our celebrities. Is the way I look at it. Is that how you look at it, there, JJ? Yeah, it's it's royalty, and everybody likes to poke fun with it sometimes, and then it's real serious another time. But I don't mm -hmm. know. It's, it's the the population has a mixed view of it because mm -hmm. hey, it does cost a ton of money to keep that place running, you know? Sure. Does it reach Palace and then the Balmoral and all those other right. places? Yeah, further all. Mm -hmm. Yet she's the richest woman in the world. She's the richest woman in the world. So No, she's not. Well, she's one of them. Anyway. The author, J.K. Rawlings has more money than the Queen of England. Yes. Absolutely, yes. Let's bet a moxie on that, okay? I will find that out. You bet. Okay, J.K. Rowling is the first billionaire author, though. So she's got that going on. Anyway, Raven, why? What's the matter, Raven? You all thumbs down. What on J.K. Rowling? You like J.K.? I can't say why. Why? But, yeah, for reasons. Well, tell us why. I can't say it. We're right, we. <laughs> but you can't say well, it. It's, you're, you're it's verging on uh, political reasons. Okay, all right. Okay. Oh, okay. Uh, why don't we go to uh, how many of uh, this? Harry Potter's political uh, stuff or. Her. No, or her, her own uh, nonsense. He's a member of the you surprise party. You weren't a fan of the Gryffindorf house? I love the books. I just pretend that she didn't write them. Mm. She's... Well, okay. Maybe she didn't. But anyway. Wasn't she on welfare when she wrote the first book or something? Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, kind of. Wow. Yeah. Kind of. You know, her, her PR person, you know, is well paid, let's Good say. But job. she was at, she was writing at her kitchen table, basically. She wasn't yeah, homeless. Yeah. But, yeah. Hey, more power to mm -hmm. her. Uh, so with the top 10 reasons why 
Well, one's going to the UK, and we are at number one. Number one. Okay. All right, number one reason. He's moving. So he can take the train to Ireland anytime he wants. Yes, and broadcast <laughs> live from some of the crazy places. Okay, there you go. You should. All that be fun. I, I want to do that. Mm-hmm. Now, taking the I train, are you rush to, up to Ireland? I'm not going to get together. Okay. Go ahead, Coco. I'm sorry, go ahead. Taking go. the train to Ireland? Did I understand that correctly? Well, sure. I don't know. Yeah, Whatever transportation is feasible. He's going to Northern Ireland. Northern Ireland. Okay. I imagine the train. I don't know. Mm. The train goes everywhere. Yeah, it's got to be a ferry or something about there. Right? It would probably yeah, sure. more of a ferry than a train. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it is an island. But listen, we had a question earlier off here. How long does it take when you go in the channel from England to France? How long of a tunnel ride is that? Is it in like two and a half hours or something? Or is it shorter than that? Coca, you must know. Um, the channel is uh, pretty quick. I think it's. I heard it was a half an hour. Yeah, I was gonna say it's like half an hour. Yeah. 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 still yeah. a long time That's to be quick. on a tunnel. That's yeah, it's a high speed oh, oh. run through there. I mean, it's very, yeah. very on well. the train. But here's the oh, thing, on the tra- on the train. I had a, okay, I'm dumb, and I picture Put your car you on the car. train, and that's what it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you yeah, don't you, drive I to. I think yeah. you have uh, car carriers, but mostly it's, yeah. it's um, yeah, yeah, car um, just uh, you know, personnel, uh, people cars. Yeah, uh, yeah. mm-hmm. That's that not it, that bad. When you go down to, uh, on either side, for uh, the car ferries, it's that's a little bit longer uh, trip. Okay. What happens if something goes wrong with the train halfway through? Well, I'm sure they what they must have is like a, another uh, train uh, engine to come down come to down. pull it, yeah. push it open. Like the MTA, takes them a couple. Well, of they years. have a service yeah. lane on both sides. Oh, they, they, do they really? I, yeah, saw they that, I saw that in the movie called The Tunnel. That series is great mm. if you ever want to see it. The Tunnel. The what, tunnel. Is it the building of the tunnel? Nope. It's about it's a it's a murder mystery that takes place around the tunnel because the murder took place at the very borderline between England and France. So there's two detectives oh, cool. played idea. by a very great actors. One one is Clemence Posey, who plays the Hang French on. detective. Be careful. And she is smoking <laughs> okay. in this thing. He wasn't careful. Go ahead. Yeah, okay. What's the name again? The Tunnel. What year are we talking about? The Tunnel. About? 60s? It's, just, it's, a, it's a British series. Of course. Is it in 60s, 70s? No, no. It's, it's uh, modern day. Modern day. Okay. All right. Modern day piece. The Tunnel. Very cool detective stuff. Very mm-hmm. cool uh, uh Acting and dialogue and very cool uh, episodes. Is there is it a love story? There's uh, there's some components to it, but it's really primarily uh, creep story factors going oh, on. Creep story, okay. Uh, you know, a number of them. Okay. Oh, yeah, I just looked this up, and the first thing that comes up is what looks like a sweater, just uh, looking like it's on a body, but there is no body. It's just suspended. Mm. The body was the body was. The body was uh, cut in half. Oh. One half was on the French side and the other half was on the English side. Oh, really? Yeah, huh? Some so that made it a case that involved both countries. Some wise guy murderer? Some wise guy axe murderer? Cut the guy it, that's, that's part of the story that you got to try and figure out. Wow. Man, it's imagine really that good. Imagine that pitch meeting after a few chocolate martinis. Yikes. <laughs> it's anyway, really good. So uh, we're going to uh, take a commercial break now, and we'll be right back after this. You're listening to Mac Pauley's Military Action Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. There's a monster in Tokyo Bay, hundreds of feet tall and breathing fire. It's able to destroy whole cities, sink entire battle fleets, and knock swarms of jet fighters from the sky. But there's another even more dangerous resident of the bay. A secretive psychopath intent on covering the planet with nuclear-armed booby traps unless the world's population bends to their demands. Meanwhile, a mysterious group of reborn medieval warriors has taken to the air. Strange signals are being picked up from outer space, and witnesses report seeing hundreds of ghost planes flying in the night skies over Tokyo. Sailing off the coast of Japan aboard the United American Navy's mega aircraft carrier, the USS USA, it's Hawk Hunter, the wingman. 
he must investigate these unusual occurrences while trying to thwart the criminal's apoplectic plan. But will his actions save the planet or lead to World War IV? Find out in Akaloni's exciting new novel, The Jericho Storm. Filled with dozens of dogfights, sea battles, and brutal hand-to-hand -hand combat, The Jericho Storm is book 21 in Mac's best-selling Wingman series. Team up with Hawk's longtime allies, as well as a few new ones, including fighter pilots Switchblade Steve Ward and Jocko Johnson. That's Wingman 21, The Jericho Storm. On sale now at your local bookstore and on Amazon. It's not so creepy that it's disgusting to watch it. This is like that. No. But it is like, what the hell is going on? Yeah, it's yeah. Really yeah. Let's stop by axing a body in two. We'll put one in France, one half in France, and one half in England, right? Basically, yeah. that's it. That yeah. was a statement to be made. It was a political statement that right. was being made. I mean, that's that's brought out early on, and it's, you know, mm -hmm. it's not a giveaway. Interesting. Didn't go to war over it because we have uh, later on. We have tonight some uh, really kind of weird wars. But anyway, the tunnel one one recommended. The why tunnel. Don't we, why don't we it's do my this pick now? of the week. Okay. And who's the, who was the actress in it? We have ten seconds. Who's the actress? Who's the alleged smoker? Uh, Clemence Posey, oh. who was in. Uh, Harry Potter, by the way, like, uh, you know, season uh, 100 is, or something. Here's that name again. Part. Okay. Right. There's no small uh, part. I forget the name of the actor who's big time. He's been around forever, but I forget his name. Do you, do you have it in front of you, Raven? I'm looking it up right now. Just had it. He's good. He's been in a lot of stuff. 12 seconds. Uh, yeah. Oh, no. Do, do, okay, do, 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 do. Thor Bajorn Har. One, Am I looking no. up the right? 117. Okay. I'm sorry. I don't think I have the right. The right tunnel? <laughs> was the right thing. Wow, the right tunnel. It came Fox. out about I don't know five years ago. There's oh, no, I'm definitely not in the right place. Not with no, I apologize. No way I'm stopping the segment over after a beginning like that. Welcome back, everyone, to Mac Maloney's Military Expo Show. Stephen Delane, just a thunder <laughs> radio Stephen network. Delane. Came out in 2013. Oh, okay, yeah, it was uh -oh. like four, three or four seasons. <clears throat> it was really good. Each season has its own story, so uh, okay. You this get is. To know who the, who the perpetrator is at the end. This is Macaroni. What a show we have here tonight. <laughs> this is the movie I'm show. Sorry. <laughs> but let me introduce the members of our posse. Girls, very famous one one is here. Hello, girls. Hello, Mac. Having a good time so far? I am. I'm glad you are. We know you are. The, the Guinness is kicking in. Is it? be drinking okay. lots of that in the UK. Yeah, it's good for you. You have a lot of iron in your blood. That's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, also with us is uh, Commander Culver up there in the Great White North, mate. Good evening, Mac and all. Thank you very much for having me join the formation. We already had the weather report today, but uh, was there any snow up in the... No, we did not see any snow. I had mm. snow actually the day before. Mm. Um, didn't blast or stick, but it was it was falling out of the sky. Mm -hmm. Wow, interesting. Okay. Um, also, speaking of falling out of the sky, Raven is with us. What's that line? Did it hurt when you fell from heaven? Oh, yeah, like a pickup line. I mean, did it? Yes. Well, not a pickup line, but just a nice thing to say. Raven. Well, not when it comes from Mac. Okay, <laughs> uh, um, I like the mirror in the pocket one better. That's my favorite. What is it? What is? <laughs> tell us that one, please. Never heard you of that. You make me say it. Yes, please. Yes. Go ahead. Never heard that one. No. Is that a mirror in your pocket? Oh, are you just glad to see it. me? Because I can see myself in your pants. Oh. oh. <laughs> what happened tonight? <laughs> Happen. It's just a I never heard show. that one. That's funny. 
Of course, there's always the famous fun. one. Uh, look finer than four new snow tires, too. That's always a that's always a really good thing. Oh, I never heard that one. <laughs> Wait a minute. Yeah, you don't go to the right bars. Then. <laughs> what was it? What, yeah, what was it, please? For uh, for our listeners, what was it again, please, Coco? You look finer than four new snow tires. Hmm. That's probably up in Maine. I'm gonna guess, right? You hear that a lot up in Maine, maybe. Well, so so maybe. So wow. So um, let's see. So would that uh, would that in your uh, unmarried life would that Mirror in your pocket online, get anything with you there, Raven? Oh, God, no. No, of course not. <laughs> You'd get a good laugh. I'd get a laugh. How about the angel? Yeah, <laughs> they're laughing at you, not with you. How about the angel falling <laughs> falling from heaven? How about that? No. No, uh, I don't trust pickup lines. Oh, really? What's your sign? That didn't. What's your sign? Oh, what's that? your sign is my. Okay. Mm-hmm. That one, favorite, that one will get me every time. Yeah, yeah really. Okay. Oh. Because we discovered that my me being cancer, my being cancer. Go ahead. And you being. What is it? Aries? Aquarius. Pisces. Pisces. One of those C's. Well, what I think C's. Okay, go ahead. Right. The ultimate, uh, I think the ultimate get Raven's attention sign back in the day would be a guy with tarot cards playing solitaire. That's right. <laughs> that would have done it right oh, there. I would yes. have put it right over the top. She would have swooned. Wow. Crazy. So anyway, so um, Raven is here. And also our Southern correspondent, just listening in on all the fun, is uh, Jocko Johnson. Jojo. Good evening, folks. How are you? I'm okay. Show yeah. it out. Hey, Jock, are you down near where the uh, the wild horses roam? Wild horses down in Wyoming? No, wild horses in the antelope uh, play. Not in this state. Down North Carolina, at least near the uh, the Outer Banks. Yeah, uh, there's an island up there. That's in Georgia. I'm, I'm, I'm hundreds of miles from there. Yeah. yeah, I know you are, but away from those uh, people. I, I don't know anything about that. Sorry. Okay. I know they're out west. I know they roam around like the batter and stuff. Check it out. It's a uh, it's a tourist attraction. Yeah, it's an island yeah. off of Georgia, and they they herd them over to the mainland every year or something like that to be made into dog yeah, food or something. Yeah, so what are they doing? That's a shame. Anyway, I think they're in Redante. That my friends that live in North Carolina said that that's where the wild horses are. Hmm. It sounds familiar. We got an I'm island. Sure. It's like right next to Outer yeah. Banks. Right. We got a, we got an island called Monkey Island full of monkeys. Oh, cool, yep. man! They let them out like from laboratories, and they let yep. them all oh, are they really? Yeah. By themselves. So it's a real monkey crazy. island. Nobody, nobody goes there now. Wow, what a place for a book! Hey, listen, it's Monkey Island, baby. Wow. Um, sounds I mean. believe Monkey Island was one of the islands that they used in uh, Silence of the Lambs as a temptation. Kind of elector, if he cooperated, that he would get moved to that facility. I think that's the, the, one of the places. That yeah, they do have some things still there. Yeah, I love monkeys. I watch. I love watching monkeys on TV. You know, all the National Geographic stuff. And there's one that rolls around every once in a while. I love it. It's called the Dark Side of Chimps. Have you ever seen that? Uh, I've seen something similar to that. Wow. It's horrifying. Horrifying. I mean, I, I've seen one where they were running around in India and they had their own little like. Uh, Temple where they yep. live. Yeah, um, yep, they sure do. They feed them. They feed them. The, uh, uh, it's, yeah. it's part of the they like guard. Like their spares are part of. They the, even the got temple. a little amp. They got an ambulance that goes around the street and goes to pick them up. They get hurt because they really? they climb all over the electrical and phone lines. They'll run oh. right into your house, eat whatever you this, got. This wasn't exactly the dark side of these chimps. It's what chimps oh, yeah. do. They, they went into a doctor's office and started drinking the IVs and stuff. Well, they're smart chimps then, <laughs> but they're crazy. Yeah, but they're, on National Geographic. they're also cannibals and they're also sexual deviants and um, you know, and, and they also murder other animals just to murder them. But anyway, they're funny as hell. They sound like humans. Uh, so, um, <laughs> one thing we want to do tonight, I'm going to throw this at Coco. 
is because we try to do uh, the show timeless as we can, but it would be impossible to ignore what's going on these days in the Ukraine and Russia. So just want to talk about it a little bit, not the politics sure. of it, but the military, what's the military aspects of it. Okay. All right. Of course, yeah. I have five questions. Ready? So um, in a way, they're military exercise. So have we seen the end of tanks? Because what has happened in this war is the Russians have lost literally hundreds and hundreds of tanks. And it seems like they're, they're kind of obsolete now. Don't you think the reason that, that the Russians are losing so many tanks, or one of the reasons is, is that you know, this uh, multi-million dollar tank, let's say, can be taken out by a, a missile that costs about you know, 20 grand or so? Well, if, if they were using proper air support, if they were using a, you know, a, a very integrated team, where they were protecting the tanks, allowing the tanks to move up, and not allowing this to happen. But I mean, they, their helicopters and their 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 mm-hmm. aircraft like that are being taken out by anti-tank weapons. In fact, yeah, it's, it's strange. not new. I mean, that's happened in the past. Right. So you have a breakdown. Um, you have you have a breakdown in almost every aspect of how the warfare is fought, and you have proven uh, conclusively that well. Uh, well-motivated and uh, trained troops are going to be at a knockout tank if they don't get into formation okay. quickly. And they're, they're not. They're sitting lined up on roads. Right. They're just it's asking weird. to be uh, the uh, next. Uh, number two, uh, the Russian army has no non-commissioned officers like sergeants, et cetera. Now, how has that hurt them? That's what I've read in a lot of the reports is that— Well, they do have an NCO corps, nothing like what we do in the American and probably nothing like what you see in the European or almost any other modern military. Um that is probably the uh, deciding factor for success or failure that they're up against because you do not have the ability to know your uh, your team's strengths and weaknesses and ensure that they are well, uh, well-led once the orders are executed. That is a critical capability. It's also the ability to keep discipline or at least uh, some mo- form of uh, morale motivation uh, in there. Uh, to to rally folks to know that they don't mm-hmm. have that they don't have that as a as a constraint constraint in their in their setup in the military they have lots of conscripts and it's very much like it was uh, early on in in the American military the toughest uh, hombre gets to wear the stripes because he can uh, you know uh, basically by physical intimidation keep everybody else in line that well, he's doesn't the guy. hold yeah, up more yeah. than two or three minutes into the battle but they say that that any kind of order whether it's big or small has to go up a chain of command and back down a chain of command that they say is just Byzantine. It's so weird. And right. and, and in the meantime, these tanks that are just sitting out in roadways and pop, 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 you know, it's it's really amazing. Well, to see. It, it, it's it's that. You also have infantry. The, the, the number one deciding factor, Mac, is called mission command. They do not have it. The Ukrainians do have a pretty good dosing of it. Mission command is uh, what uh, most of the Western militaries and very uh, extensively in the American military you give the goal of what you want, and your troops are able to figure out ways to get that goal accomplished. That's why the Ukrainians who have been spending the last 10 years or so working with European and American units, they've been in exercises, they're able to see that. So if they know that's what it takes, uh, they know what the objective is, they're going to go able to go forward and do that. Uh, the hallmark of the American military is if the person uh, in charge is incapacitated, the next person down knows how to get it, the mission accomplished or knows how to fall back to a position that they can counterattack. Yeah, yeah. You don't see that. And, in, and the Russians are showing that they drive up to a location and then they wait. They wait for the instructions. Yeah. They're at the intersection of the road. What do right. we do? And then it's – and then they're all gone. It's amazing. But anyway, okay, number three, what's the future of manned air power after this? Because let's face it, a lot of these tanks, a lot of the Russian 
stuff is being blown up by drones. Sure. Um, if the Russians had brought their air power, which they have a very potent air force, it's a very capable air force, uh, the drone activity would not be going on. They haven't done it. And I, I can't give you a good reason why they haven't done it. I can give you some suppositions that they probably have not been training the way they have to. Um, this is why Zelensky is asking for manned air power. The, 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 the drones are fantastic. They do mm -hmm. a great job. But they do not react and they do not carry the, the kind of speed and agility. Mm. And when you catch 40 or 50 tanks or, or a column of troops lined up on the road, you can't get there fast enough. Right. And that's one of the things that they've really, it's been amazing that this has happened. Can you, they can put you... an over-reliance on their helicopters and mm -hmm. their helicopters are not flying like they have. They're flying at, you know, kind of a medium altitude. Right thinking that they're impervious and they're just getting well, they should know. They're, they're, being, they're being shot down by anti-tank weapons. But listen, so, um, but can a jet fighter shoot down a drone? Absolutely. Yeah, really? With a missile or a cannon, whatever? Both. Yeah, sure. really? Interesting. Okay. So uh, next question is, which I think that the Russians are really weird how they use their air power. Very. I've read. They don't take over Especially the sky here. as much. This it's, has been amazing. It's like, uh, you know, we'll fly up, then we'll come back. It doesn't like control the skies that you hear us always trying and if to you, control. Mac, if you looked at what they did in Syria, it kind of foreshadowed this now that you can look back with a little bit of... They did some pretty weird things in Syria, too. Mm -hmm. You know, the way they, they, they were employing their air power is very, very strange, mm -hmm. and how they didn't protect troops uh, there. So it, it kind of foreshadowed this now, but I don't think anybody really expected to go this way. But, but you know, when you're looking back on it, why not? You know what I mean? They're... they're there's a lot of incompetence in the Russian military. Like, for instance, people say, well, where's don't they have aircraft carriers? Yeah, they have one aircraft carrier. It's been in dry dock for a couple of years because the money that was, uh, you know, that was supposed to fix it was stolen by the people who were supposed to fix it. Okay, so sure. And that's exactly what happened with the, uh, the, uh, the, the flagship there in the Black Sea. She, you know, she went down because it was, it was in bad shape. Hmm. Anyway, uh, okay, is there a chance that the U.S. is directly helping Ukraine with weapons the Russians might not be aware of? Now, the way I put that is, is it possible that, once again, it seems like the Ukrainians are like crazy good at blowing up tanks. Is there some way that they are targeting them from satellites or something like that, some top secret well, thing? Well, yes. Uh, much like we have in other engagements, much like what happened in the Falcons, um, we have aircraft that are flying along the border, starting with the— uh, Rivet Joint and AWACS airplanes, as well as the F-35, uh, that are projecting uh, and grabbing a lot of signal intelligence, a lot of capabilities, and translating that too. And I will go as far as to say that I would not be surprised if there are not special operators from all over NATO uh, in Ukraine now working with uh, what if you get uh, caught? In, in a clandestine matter. It, what, it, what if you get I caught? Be, I wouldn't be surprised at all if that ever came up. What if? But what if you get caught? By the Russians, and you are an American. You are British. You are, you did well. You tend to have methods to get in and get out of of those situations. When you do that, there's mm -hmm. also deniability. It could be, uh, you but use, you could be Gary Powers. You know what I mean? They'll they'll put you on display. No, no. Gary Powers was flying in an aircraft, and he was flying uh, as a CIA person that, that that was well over Russian territory that got caught, and there was no way to extricate him out, and he was supposed to not survive. He was supposed to destroy the aircraft. And not survive, mm -hmm. oh, right. um, or at least destroy the aircraft when he when he was making his parachute descent, so that it would not be able to you know, easily uh, attribute to what he was doing. Mm. In wow. these situations, just like the uh, Syrian in the Syrian conflict, we had Russians, aka mercenaries, that were there. It's it's well known that, that people are supporting these ops. You tend to have ways to uh, protect it. You have tend to have ways that you are to avoid that. 
Mm-hmm. And quite honestly, most people that are involved in that know the risk that they're on, yeah, and they're yeah. not going to be easily identified as Americans. Okay, last question. So how and when does the war in Ukraine end? That's an that's a excellent question. I, I would have said probably a couple of weeks ago that once the Russians got secured with the uh, the eastern provinces that they want, where they have a large Russian-speaking population and they have long-time uh, affiliate to that, um, I think it would have ended um, – or it would end on that. Now, there seems to be other powers at play here that uh, they want to use this for regime change. They being um, the Russian uh, alliance wants to use it for regime change in Russia, that they're going to force Putin out of power. That could make this drag out a lot longer. But I, I think you're going to see this be burning in a smolder to uh, to flare-ups for quite a while. Yeah, yeah. And that yeah. means the uh, Ukrainian civilians, the ones that are caught in the uh, in the pincers and the snap here. Right. One last question. We're going to have to answer it now, but who's going to pay for this when it's over? Because it's just, you know, it's like a moonscape in a lot of those cities. The um, Russian um, defense budget every year, I think this year is about $210 billion. Okay. The United States is $798 billion. That's why we have tanks that have protective place for the ammo. You know, that's why we have good stuff and we have, you know, our order of battle is just so much better. First of all, we've been fighting wars for 20 years, but also, you know, it's just more of a professional army. The Russian army is not professional. As someone said, you know, six weeks ago, the Russians thought they had the second best army in the world. They just found out they have the second best army (laughs) in Ukraine. Yeah, those those 40-mile and 8-mile roads full of tanks. I mean, you give me a couple eight tens or some, you know, Apaches, you're looking at the road to Basra all over again. So anyway, so listen, um, well, uh, yeah, hopefully it'll end soon. Um, but um, when we take a compression break, yeah. you're listening to Mac Maloney's Miltrex, our show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. The whole gang is here. Raven is here. JJ's here. JoJo's here. And Coco is here. And uh, we'll be right back after this with some more weird military stories. Uh, so please stay tuned. Do you know where the world's most secret bases are located? Do you know what spooky action at a distance means? Is there a conspiracy by aliens to prevent us from conquering space? And where is the best place in the United States to see a real UFO? Find the answers to all these questions and more in Mac Maloney's new book, Mac Maloney's Haunted Universe. Visit places you never knew existed, the Phantom Tunnels of Tokyo, the UFO Trail in South America, Ong's Hat, and the very mysterious M-Triangle. Mac Maloney's Haunted Universe contains hundreds of reports on ghosts, haunted planes and ships, weird celebrity deaths, mysterious sounds, and a breakdown of every monster in America, state by state. You've heard him talk about it on the radio. Now, get all of Mac's paranormal research in one large volume. Mac Maloney's Haunted Universe, with a forward by the very famous Juan Juan. On sale now in your local bookstore or on Amazon.com. Back everyone to Mac Maloney's Military Exile Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac and Ronnie One What a Show. We have for you tonight, very quickly, the members of the gang. Ah, uh, very famous Juan Juan is here. Girls. Hello, Mac. Hello, everybody. Coco. 
And the Cobra also Hello, Mac on the wing. Glad to be part of the formation. Way up there in Maine. Uh, Raven, our favorite good witch up there in Sideways, New York Raven. Hello. Thanks for having me. Now, you have a bun or do you have a hat on? Or both? <laughs> the bun. Wow. I, my hair was so bun. frizzy that's, I had to put it up. That's a bun. Look it looks like it. there's someone moving around in back of you. It's like a ghost moving <laughs> in back. And they go like it. Now he's doing the twist. Speaking of the twist, it's a uh, selling correspondent, Jocko Johnson. Jojo, how are you? Good. How are you, Mac? How's everybody else? Are you still bathing in, doing good, in the glory of uh, tying for the win of the World War II trivia contest three weeks ago? No. Not no? Really. I mean, you know, You're right up there with the two-star might, general. I guess. That's pretty cool. I enjoy yeah. it. So. Huh. Interesting. Wicked cool. I well, can't. Uh, I don't do much but read, so. You know. right. <laughs> well, you knew your stuff. And uh, the good part about that, and I mentioned it in the last show, is that um, – they got letters right after that show aired, World War II Trivia Contest, um, that uh, they uh, got a lot of donations from people who listen to that show. Yeah. So that's really good. You know, and that's, I said before, that makes it all worthwhile, all the goofing around that we do. Homes for our troops. Yeah, that's an excellent point. Homes for our troops. Somebody, somebody has to do it. Homes for our troops, right. So uh, anyway, so we have a very odd story uh, coming up from uh, Raven. Um, she sent me kind of like the... Uh, the elevator pitch uh, earlier, and I don't want to use the word, the D word, but it was a ventriloquist doll that was created in a POW camp and became haunted and so on. Yeah, that's, that's about the gist of it. Um, So his name is Mr. Fritz. Um, So collector, uh, we're going to start out in Liverpool um, with Michael Diamond. He is the owner of an oddities uh, and a sideshow type gallery. And that houses some of the rarest objects ever recovered. And that includes um, execution swords and axes, three-eyed bats, and he has Houdini's handcuffs. Um, So that's that's like our our setting. Um, So housed in what is known as the freak room is Mr. Fritz. Um, He is a haunted ventriloquist doll. Um, crafted by Private Billy Booth. Um, He was an American prisoner of war. Um, So Mr. Fritz was made out of newspapers and potato starch, um, and he was used to entertain the Allied prisoners of war during World War II in Stalag IIb. Um, I think I pronounced that right, in Poland, uh, between 1943 and 1945. Um, Unfortunately, Private Booth was shot and killed just two weeks before the camp was liberated. Um, He was, him and 10 other men um, were all killed stating that they were not working hard enough. Um, Mr. Fritz was actually taken back to America and was given to Private Booth's family. Um, Not much is really known about Mr. Fritz after that, uh, but what we do know is that an anonymous buyer purchased the doll from an antique shop in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Um, once they found out that the doll had that connection with the German camp, they absolutely had to have it. Um, so the buyer took the doll uh, back to his collection that he had in Europe. Um, and things started to get weird almost immediately. Uh, the glass door of uh, Mr. Fritz's case would open on its own. Um, they would find his eyes open when they were normally in a closed position, um, and his mouth would change positions and, and open and close um, independently. Yeah. So Anonymous eventually uh, taped the door shut, only to find the next day uh, tape was peeled back and the door was wide open. Oh, yeah. So he decided to remove the doll from his showroom, and he stored it uh, in a shed where it sat for six months. And for six months, you could hear laughter coming from the shed. Mm -hmm. So everyone avoided it. 
Um, Anonymous at this point had to get rid of it. Um, so he found uh, Michael Diamonds, again, who had his own oddities shop at this point. Um, so Mr. Fritz was actually gifted to Michael Diamond, um, which he really didn't find strange. That That's actually a very common thing with dolls specifically mm-hmm. because people don't like to hold on to creepy dolls. Makes sense. Yeah, no, right. Makes all the sense in the world. <laughs> so despite having no body, Mr. Fritz began to scare his new owner uh, by doing some familiar things. He was just a head on a wooden stick. That's all that's left of him. Um, and the doll's glass door, again, would be found open. Mm. And this started out, um, it was a couple times a week, and then it was every morning, day after day after day. Um, so, And this was after it was securely closed at night. Um, so Michael set up uh, security cameras um, to watch the time lapse overnight. And this was just in 2019. Um, so he captured the doll again, opening and closing his eyes mm. and the mouth would open and close. Um, and then he would see the glass door swing open. Um, and there was one instance where the entire glass case ended up moving six inches forward. He didn't get that on camera. That was like right before he set it up, but that was another, um, weird, uh, thing that he found. Yeah. Right. Um, so today, uh, Billy Booth's companion is safe and sound. Um, he's still in the freak room um, and he's cared for by Michael. Mm. Um, and I want to end this on a somewhat happy note. Um, Michael's idea is, quote, if Billy wants to open Mr. Fritz's cabinet every now and again to reminisce days gone by, mm. then I don't have a problem with that. Very British. Very British. <laughs> yeah. yeah, very British. I think that's very telling of... He looks very scary, and I did include yeah. some pictures the in picture. the group. He looks real freaky. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I feel like he's – this isn't an evil or, like, possessed doll. You know, we're not dealing no. with Robert. We're not dealing with Annabelle. Hang on. This is just kind of – again, that yes. that was the only happiness that this, this private had for a long time, and mm-hmm. I think a little bit of him is still there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's and kind of the way he went. Uh, yeah. Dolls were always ventriloquist dolls are always like really creepy. And um, there's a famous uh, Twilight Zone. I can remember seeing it and being in, uh, you know, uh, troubled by it as a kid where it's uh, I think it's um, I forget the actor's name, but he goes on. You know, he's he's basically a ventriloquist on the road, you know, kind of crummy showbiz circuit. And you know, he'll put the, um, you know, the show's over. He's not really funny. He brings us. Doll back into his dressing room, and the doll starts talking to him. You know, the ventriloquist doll starts talking to him. You know, what? It starts giving him a hard time like he's his agent. What's going on out there? You know, <laughs> yeah. you know? and it's creepy. It's, oh, it's, it's creepy out so much. They're they're very scary. Yeah, you know, it's there's just yeah, something about episode. it. It's just really kind of creepy. So yeah, I can see that happening. And and, and where this you know doll started, you know, if anything's gonna be haunted, it would be. You know, well, yeah, you, it, look at Burgess Meredith, which he talked about growing up. Shelly McCarthy and her dad, you know, and just oh my, yeah. I mean, that is like a really screwy, screwy angle there on that poor, poor woman's life. Yikes! I mean, he left like his inheritance to his doll. No, wait, hold you on. Know? No, like, no. It's he did. So messed up. Yeah, he. Who, Charlie McCarthy? Those guys. More than uh, what's her name did? I can't think of her name. He just wait. said it. Uh, um, Candace Bergen. Yes. Oh, okay, Charlie yeah, McCarthy. Yeah, there's a documentary yeah. about it. All right, that was her father, mm-hmm. not Burgess Meredith. His name is. Um, yeah, Ed, 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 Edgar, Edgar Bergen. Edgar, Edgar Bergen, Bergen, right? Yeah. Oh, is that right? He had a little thing going with the dolls as well. Is that what you're? Saying no, no. It's just that she uh, she grew up like in the shadow of the doll. Shadow and, of the doll. And, and she just talked about like the weird psycho 
yeah. you know, logical impact yeah. this thing had going on with, with her. Hey, listen, um, Shadow of the Doll is a great title for something. I don't know what book, <laughs> movie, TV show, album. Wow, yeah. Well, she's a little nutty too, as it turns out. What, uh, Shadow what? of the Doll. You could put Robert. You could put Fritz here yeah. on it. You could you could have a Charlie McCarthy could be um, sitting there. You could have him look like look like, look like the Fab Four. That would be. <laughs> what's, what's and there's a few Shadow more of them. Of the oh, I know. They Annabelle, always have Annabelle's this. another. Annabelle. Yeah, Annabelle. Yeah, that's a crazy, Robert, crazy Fritz. Right there. there. I mean, I'm, there's definitely more. I just can't think of them. Well, Robert is. It the, also uh, made me wonder because the private was in such a a, a difficult situation. Mm -hmm. Do you guys think that what if that negativity like clung to Mr. Fritz? Sure. You know, like I, I want to think it's it's a good. Oh, yeah. But it could, it could also just be the emotional, uh, you know, weight of being a prisoner. You know, not in those those lads were doing three and, you know, five years in some cases in, mm. in World War Two. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and they, uh, they bring you, you know, back if you don't work hard enough and pop, so, pop, pop, yeah. you know. So. That's what I was, yeah, I was wondering what you guys would think. But. Look at when they do all the uh, uh, ghost hunting. They always go to uh, sanitariums, yeah, prison, uh, prisons. mental health hospitals, and, you know, oh, everything yeah. is off the charts. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, you know, everything they're experiencing, people have a great, and, and, there's a huge emotional imprint that goes on there. And market baskets, it would, yeah, as it turns sense. out. We're going to a market basket soon <laughs> on a ghost hunting <laughs> thing. So it's prison sanitariums. It's market basket when there's specials, okay? It's it's market basket with the specials. Flying bread. So anyway, well, thank you, Raven, very much for uh, creeping us out once again. We appreciate that. That's creepy. Oh, and there's also creepy. YouTube videos that you can watch of um, the doll opening and closing oh, his mouth man, and his eyes and the door. Now, I've got to believe Jocko in his years in uniform has has to have some kind of a run-in with somebody with a ventriloquist, dummy or a doll of some kind. You have to have some You have to have some kind of a doll story. Please, Jocko. Oh, I never, I never, never have. have. Okay, I went down that dead end street. Well, listen, but you've run into people who have had you know, kind of paranormal experiences. Didn't you run, didn't you go into a house once and the lady who answered the door was the same lady you found on the floor or something? There was something crazy like that. I dream that. They, they had a hairdryer burning in, uh, in the sink and it was in a basket and it was like getting red hot and melting and the plug wasn't, it wasn't even plugged in. Mm. Mm. That's weird. I do remember you telling us that. That's weird. That's, yeah. That's weird. Wow. Wowie. So anyway, oh, this is really creepy and uh, I just want to report to our fans that uh, up Science point to Bob the Ghost not checking out of the uh, radio station after we toasted him here last week. Juan Juan, do you remember that? I do. Your pound of Guinness like it was going out of style. Yeah, well, I think he might still be around. And, you know. He hung out, huh? Well, we, didn't, we'll see. Uh, we toasted him goodbye, and he still decided still to around. just uh, not move on but to hang out. But on the good side, Pete's beer is still in the refrigerator, or was the last time I looked. So, you know. Oh, yeah. so maybe yeah, Bob got the hint then yeah, yeah. to not drink the beer. Right. Yeah, that's interesting. I wonder. I wonder if we give him another salute tonight. Okay. If that okay. changes anything. Why don't you just get him some holy water? That, that seems like a nice, uh -huh. you know, refreshment that would to work. Drink? To drink? To drink? Isn't holy water only for demons? That's I would just leave my life. I, I don't think Bob's a demon. I don't think holy water is I mean, are you saying that little children are demons? Hang on. I mean, Hang on. I guess it depends on the kid. In 10 seconds, can you say, uh, little children demons? In many cases, they are, as it turns out. So uh, we're going to uh, take a commercial break now, and we'll be right back after this. You're listening to Mac Mullins and Milton on the show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. I was in the hospital with my son for 18 months. When he got injured, I wasn't prepared, but I knew I had to be strong. When I was told about John's injury, I was in complete shock. I just remember rushing into his room and giving him a big hug and letting him know I was there. 
These veterans and families are just a few of the heroes we serve at Homes for Our Troops. For thousands of severely injured veterans, everyday life is filled with barriers. It was really the, the little things throughout the house. Counters that you can't roll up to. I had to drag my wheelchair down steps. I want to help, but he is so determined. At Homes for Our Troops, we build specially adapted custom homes with features like wheelchair access, roll-in showers, and automatic door openers that allow them to function independently and focus on their recovery and family. This house is freedom. It's hope. It's a new beginning. This house has given me my family back. To learn more, visit HFOTUSA.org. Maloney's Mill Track Style Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney with a show we have for you tonight. Girls, very famous one one is here. Hello, girls. Hello, Mac. Excellent show so far. I'm enjoying it. Yeah, it's uh, been kind of crazy. Uh, Mill Skills and Gigi Gills, hey, surprise. Coco is with us tonight. Commander Cobra. Yeah, yeah. I have the uh, 24-hour pass. Uh, and, oh, uh, I can make it to the show tonight, so I'll, I'll be mm-hmm. headed back to the reservation shortly. Really? Thank wow. you, Mac, for letting me go to the formation. Were you uh, on board when we were having earlier the uh, discussion about dry sockets? Right? No, no, okay. he wasn't. Right, then we should no, move. I don't. I don't. Let's move on. Nope, I've been through the, I've been through a couple of dry socket situations, though, Mac. I, I feel like I could uh, contribute to that conversation sometime. Okay. Raven comes back on the hip rate. Raven just did a spit take right onto the computer screen with that. I almost spit my beer out. Oh, don't, don't make me waste. Don't my waste beer. the beer, please. My goal is to make it have pass through your nose, okay. oh. and then you have and then you have to give me a dollar. That, that was a rule that we had on my shift. Oh. <laughs> a dollar? You'd crack a joke, and if you could make a person pass any liquid through their nose. They had to give you a dollar. Really? That's was a great, That's it was a great game. What kind of parties did you go to? Uh, well, this is what happens when you're on a ship. There's no alcohol. Oh, I, okay. Now many, it's, many yeah, days at sea. it's coming together yeah. now. Right. Okay. Uh, so Probably where I'm going, it's going to be, uh, is it darts or backgammon that's going to be popular? Who knows? Can I tell you something? You know, everything closes there. And I mean, like, everything closes 9 o'clock, 9.30 maybe. No, I thought it was 11. I no, think the 11 no, no, early no, too. no, 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 no. No, everything closes up well, very early there. I looked at the schedules at Sarek. They're lying there. to you. They're lying to you. Believe me. And Maybe. and everyone sings a song before they have to before they close the place up. Really? Yeah. Oh, that so. that one song, um, I'm Johnny dr- Boy. Yeah. Wait. The pipes, the pipes. That's Danny Boy. That's, that's, that's an Danny Irish boy. song. That's, <laughs> that's an Irish song. You because somebody just died in the pub. Hang so on. They, they don't generally <laughs> throw that one. They don't generally throw that in an English pub too yeah. often. <laughs> wow, my beard just came out of my nose. Okay. <laughs> she owes you a dollar. You owe him a dollar. Okay. <laughs> oh man. Um, not to bring down the laughter level in the house. Uh, no, we ta- uh, Raven is here, and also Jocko Johnson is here. Did we talk? Did we introduce you yet, Jocko? I know you keep tabs. No, but I'm here. Yeah, I, don't, okay. I, don't, I keep what? Nothing. Listen. He doesn't keep track. No. Yeah, you've introduced him every time. <laughs> okay. So, I haven't so. said two words tonight, yeah. Bailey. Okay. Well, listen, we're going to throw it to you in a second, but we just um, there's this thing that showed up online today. It's a, it's a TikTok, and it's, like, really creepy, and you can go Google it. And I know that uh, Raven and I, you know, shared it, let's say, well. And what it is is this woman is standing at the, her front door, and she's shooting a video Looks like you know, across the street and into a wooded area, 
on the other side of the street where there's no houses. And um, it's not thickly wooded. It's just a wooded area. And you can see this figure pacing back and forth and this kind of opening between two trees. Um, uh, kind of walking like, um, you know, their hand is on their chin as if they're, you know, very upset about something. They're pacing. Right. They're pacing. Okay. Yeah. Back and forth. Now, she starts, uh, you know, videotaping this, and it goes on for five hours. This person going back and forth, back and forth. Correct me if I'm wrong, man, if I say anything that isn't right. Isn't this basically what happened? She said five days. Five days. Now, this is how nutty this is. What kind of a phone plan do you have yeah, that you, you can, can pull off five hours or five days of continuous videoing? That's amazing. I need a plan like that. Where, where is this again? Where, I think it's down in, I don't know where it is. I don't think okay. she What did you call his backyard when you're on Wi-Fi? Hang on, hang on. Go ahead. What did you call the guys in the white suits? Uh, well, well, this is what happened. So what happens is, um, well, Raven, you tell what happens when she leaves her house and walks over to the place. Yeah, she walks over, and like Max said, it's it's almost like there's this wooded area, but like it's behind an empty lot. Mm-hmm, so right. it's just like where the woods start, and there's it's a very thin strip, and you can just see this figure 15 feet just back and forth back and back and, and, forth, and yeah. forth. Strange. And she goes right there, and there's nothing. There's mm-hmm. no sounds. There's no person, nothing. But she goes there, and they definitely hear something that it's, it's so faint. You can hardly tell if mm. it's you know, a twig snapping or if it's something in the road, it's, it's really difficult to tell what it is because the audio is, it's not awesome, mm. but they definitely hear something and they have a reaction to it. Yeah. Like running but, away. Yeah. Running back <laughs> but to it's, the house it's just crazy because spot. she's just filming it and you can see clear as day this. Yes. Whatever it is, is there. And then within minutes it, it is just gone. It, the, the, Very the, strange. The scariest part about it for me, one of the most disturbing parts is you listen to her as she's walking into this field up to these woods, and it sounds like someone is with her. And they're going, and she's just calling out, you know, hello, is anyone there? You know, are you hurt? Or something like that. But the way her breath is, you know, she says, I'm really nervous, and you can tell. Sure. And you can hear her heart in her throat. Yeah, it was like, really so strange. Nervous. Really. And then, as you know, you can maybe you can hear a howl or some kind of like weird noise, and then off they go, you know, who wouldn't? Yep. And I um, couldn't tell what the. They described it as a moan. Yeah, moan. I, I could. I had a really hard time distinguishing what that was. Yeah. Um. You know, obviously I wasn't there, so I don't know. But it's really difficult to tell. But when she's in her home mm. and you see it, it you is it's wild. You see it's the guy. Very. It's clear as day. There's someone across the street pacing back and forth, passing for hours and, and like hours and hours. We were talking about off air, like it's definitely a human figure, mm. and. And that's it. Right. Because everything else, I mean, you you can't distinguish hair. You can't right. distinguish right. clothing it's a silhouette, from skin. Kind of. It is yeah. a black object, yeah. but, head to toe. But it isn't which is very strange. It isn't the trick of the wind and it's not the trees moving this way and that. You see someone walking back and forth, pacing. You know what it'd be if someone was pacing in the hospital hallway mm-hmm. and something was you know, that's Fair what point. it looks like. You know, that's someone who's very concerned about something. Oh, man, here I am at this yep. stupid station by myself talking about this stuff again. Well, when you see Bob later on, he can <laughs> right. probably give Ask you, him. like, the 401 what this is all about. Yeah, you, might, you might know. And <laughs> I'm also going to link it on um, the Instagram just so that everyone can see it if mm-hmm. they want. Um, and there's, yeah, so you that, can get This reminds thoughts. me of a story that uh, Ross Sharp, our dear friend, uh, told me one time when he was on a uh, deactivated base where he was uh, working from. He's driving down the road. He sees a guy uh, in uniform, uh, flight crew coming up the road he's got a parachute slung over his shoulder so he slows down it was really unusual because you know there, there wasn't that kind of flying activity 
slows down. He puts the wind down. He says to the guy, uh, he goes, uh, can I help you? He goes, yeah, I'm looking for the parachute chop. And Ross turns his head and starts to tell him, yeah, I'm pretty sure what you're looking for is over there. And he turns back around. The guy's not there. There's nobody there. Completely, the interaction, it's over. There's no person. There's no one standing on the road. There's no more man with a parachute. There's no parachute. And he just, you know, gripped the steering wheel and continued down the road, kept looking in the rearview mirror, and nobody was there. Wow. Wow. <sighs> Uh, yeah, you know what stinks is you, there's no way to really lock the doors in this place either. That's one of the downsides. You the know? worst part is the room that you're in is the window doesn't open. Mm, you only have that door oh, to get you, to the Coco. other door. That's what I don't like about I was going to salute you, but uh, that ship is still. So, yeah. Uh, how, Mac, how high up is that window? I don't know. I'd have to throw the chair out and go out That's that That's what way. I'm saying. It's the floor. That. One story, take time. It's right the out. first floor. It's the first it's the floor. floor. Like then you're, then you're good. You're I'll good. land you in a bush. You yourself out of that, no problem. Okay. Yeah, you can get. You're good there. From that window, you land on the, the pavement, which is a, another smaller parking lot right under that yeah, window. You got to roll, baby. Roll, I'll right. roll. Oh, you'll see. You won't believe how I'll roll. Hey, here's, here's another creepy thing, and I shouldn't be talking about this here now, but you know, after last week, Valerie and the WA... Um, you know, a show that's coming up, let's see, this week. Uh, no, last week. Um, you'll hear about her ghost hunting experience. And then Pete tells me later on, you know, when she went in the basement of this house, we keep saying it, it looks like a house in a suburban settlement, kind of. When when she went down there, she was all cool, kind of collected up here, as she usually is, Valerie Lajasso. But as soon as she got down into that hallway, she went, uh-oh, and just stopped, you know. And it's like, oh, man. <laughs> I thought someone was down there still working or something. But, you know, she says, no, I don't like the place. And it really was colder down there or anything. So we went into this one room, and um, it has all, like, kind of tossed aside electronic stuff, like control boards and really kind of old stuff, old speakers, tons of wire and stuff. And she says, I don't like it in here. This this is the room. The radio I kinda, junkyard. Well, Pete writes me the next day. He says, oh, I forgot to tell you, Bob used to have like a little, you know, workshop downstairs, you know, in the studio. And he spent all this time down there. Okay. Not up here. That would have been nice information yeah, to thank have. You. Pistol well, I can understand that because that, that area was beautiful for a workshop. Whereas yeah. upstairs is a sales room, yeah, men's rooms, offices. and studios. Yeah, yep. yep. In, the, in the dining room. And, you know, it's in the conference room. So yeah. it's, it's, downstairs was perfect. Did they... Did they tear apart his shop? Yes. It's down there now. All it's stuff. in pieces all over the place. I looked at it and I said, yeah, you know, this someone could probably put this yeah. together if they knew what the hell they were doing, you know? But uh, I wonder if he, like, witnessed that from his current state and knows? just, like, got really, like, distraught over it. Well, there it, it is. You you got it, Raven. Someone's got to rebuild that shop and he'll be out of it. You well, know what? Right, Level yeah. the whole the whole building. But that's what I said to Pete. Start over again. <laughs> I said the ghost hunter said, burn it down and then burn the ashes with gasoline. And that's how you get rid of Bob. He writes back, I feel like doing that every day. Look. Valerie's, Valerie's famous last words. Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so um, so Draco, we were talking off air that, um, you know, we did. Well, this is a uh, show tonight about like weird wars, weird things that happen in war. And there's a whole, there's like top five or five like really strange wars. These are real wars that actually happening. You hear people say, yeah, they go, why people go to war for such the stupidest reasons. What's happening in Ukraine right now is one of them. But there's many, many instances where people have gone to war and, and people say, you know, what for World War One is a perfect example. But um, so give us uh, there's like five of them or so. Draco. Yeah, we got we got five. Um, there's a lot more, but we got five here that we think are good. Uh, first one, and I guess we could take this from one to five or five to one, whichever. In no order, really. The War of the Oaken Bucket, 1325. 
The War of the Oaken Bucket was a conflict between two medieval Italian states that went to war in 1325, resulting in the deaths of 2,000 men. Why? Well, apparently this conflict started because soldiers from Modena stole a bucket from Bologna's town well. The bucket can still be found in the town of Medina today. Modena. To be fair to both warring parties, it's a really nice bucket. There you go. The oaken bucket. Now, <laughs> does it make any difference that it took place in Italy, Jocko? Is that your country, yes. Getting a little yes. yep, hot under the collar? Yeah, my, uh, my ancestral homeland. Mm-hmm. Okay. So 2,000 people died because someone stole a bucket. That's what we're saying, right? It was a very nice bucket. That's okay. Everyone liked the bucket. Okay, next, please. The War of the Stray Dog, 1925. In 1925, Greece and Bulgaria didn't like each other at all. They fought on opposite sides of World War I, and there was no love lost between them. It all started when a dog got away from his owner, a Greek soldier, and ran across the border. The soldier chasing, chasing him into Bulgarian territory was, of course, shot dead by the Bulgarians. The Greeks decided to invade and occupy the town of Petrich, and what followed was a conflict that at its height, would draw 30,000 men to the battlefield. Okay, this is over a dog. Well, it could have been what a cat. What happened to the dog? Yeah, the dog yeah, that's shot. what I want to know. The dog had shot. Is the dog okay? The dog, <laughs> uh, I don't think, made it. <laughs> no, rephrase that. Tell me the dog is okay. The and dog still. is fine. Okay, he's, he's, he's a fine. Bulgarian citizen. He's yes, a, and he, he was defecting, and since right. 1925, he he's still alive. He's up in a farm okay, upstate good. New York. He's running around up a farm up there. That's what they always told you, right? What do you mean? Right, Mac? What do you mean? They're they taking him to the farm. Everybody's kidding. What happened to you, dog? Oh, my parents took him to the yeah, farm. Yeah, he's up there running him. around. He's happy now. Why? Are you saying that isn't, the, isn't so? Right. Okay, I next. I believe he's fine. Please, Jacob. Weird uh, wars. Weird wars. <laughs> I'm sorry, Cobra. The pig war. 1859. Yeah, Zeppelin oh. gets really upset about this one. All right, he better want to go cover his ears. Today, the U.S. and the U.K. share some of the closest diplomatic bonds in world history. But it wasn't always like that. In 1859, relations between the countries were still strained. On June 15th of that year, a wayward pig led the two countries to the brink of war. Wow. The pig ran from the American settlers in Washington state and crossed into British-owned Canada. The Brits on the other side were herding sheep. And shot the pig, shot him. which didn't which didn't go down too well with the Americans. Both the British and the Americans placed troops along the border. The standoff lasted four months, but eventually no shots were fired, except for the one I guess at the pig. Oh, that meant that the total of casualties was limited to one single pig. Just the pig died. The pig died for our sins. How about that? Uh, you know, Mac, I'm a little a little sad, and I thought before I heard the splash, there was going to be like a. Canadian bacon versus a American bacon kind of illusion here. You didn't even go there, so I'm. Never, oh, never, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, Cobra. I apologize in advance. Have nightmares. Yes. Oh yeah, but I have to get on there and comfort you know and get him all stuck back in his bed. He's all upset now. Hmm. I'm sorry. Nice Take going, John. A little bit of that whiskey. He'll be all right. So next, uh, uh, next, next weird one war. is uh, Chincha Islands War, 1864 to 1866, also called the Spanish South American War. Chile, Ecuador, and Bolivia were all dragged into the conflict as well. On the surface of this war seems purely territorial in nature. But what was so special about the Chincha Islands? Bird droppings, that's why. <laughs> Thanks to the gainery cormorants, yes. cormorants they taste good. The native, um, yeah, I'm, I, 
probably screwed that up. Uh-huh. The, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not in the Audubon Society. A native uh, bird species, the islands are very rich in guano. Guano. A fertilizer composed, among other things, of their poo. Mm. Potentially valuable, a somewhat smelly asset to all involved. So they have a war over this. They had a war yeah, over must, must be very expensive. Yeah. But it's, isn't uh, it also made, uh, isn't ammunition gunpowder made of guano? I know. Uh, you can that sometimes get some nitrates out of it. Yeah. But yeah, in general, no, it's usually like fertilized. But you're right, Mac. It's an, it has an explosive component to it. Hmm. So what happened? Uh, one of the outcomes was Spanish recognition of Peruvian independence. Wow. I don't know how that came about. But. There's a win. There's a win for them. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Strange thing. What yeah. the, Nobody died, at least. On time, except some cormorants. Okay, go ahead. Uh, the uh, football wars, this 1969. I remember this. Uh-huh. Now, of course, this short war was war between Honduras and El Salvador. wasn't actually about a soccer match. Relations were already deeply strained between the two countries. However, it was a catalyst. In 1969, the country's soccer teams met head-to-head for a single qualifying spot in the 1970 World Cup. Both countries won each of their games, so an all-deciding third match was played in which El Salvador won. This, in addition to the existing political climate, led to mass looting of Salvadorian stores and companies based in Honduras, and diplomatic ties between the two countries were cut. Then on July 14, 1969, El Salvador invaded Honduras to protect their citizens, quote-unquote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All in all, the war caused the deaths of more than 2,000 people. At the World Cup, El Salvador lost all three of its games without scoring a single goal. Wow, joked. Imagine that. Those two little, I hate to say it, but the two very small, poor countries down in a really crummy part of the world, they fight each other over a soccer game. Think about that. Those guys get into that stuff. 2,000 people died for this. You know? know? It's horrible. they're, they're basically excuses to have a war, is what it is. Oh, you know, yeah. you know, they're 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 run, they're red at each other's throats anyway. And and you know, there's someone lights a match, and here we go. That was Falkland War was a perfect example of that. The World War One, World War One started. Didn't yeah. it start with a war between Austria and Serbia or something? No, it started with the Archduke of Ferdinand yeah. being executed, and then right. the German, uh, uh, the uh, the Chancellor of Germany. Said to Austria, yeah, if you need to go in there and 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 you know, teach those Serbians uh, some manners, you do that, and that's what that's what kicked the whole thing right over the top. Man, oh man, I mean, yeah, he was that, just there. They were looking for an excuse. Yeah, yeah. It, it, and everyone that treated with Ukraine, up. and just, it, it, these things continually are. It's just it, it's like the, it's the cover up of all the other foolishness that's going on. What do you mean? Tell us. We're a species that just doesn't know how to get along. Well, that's, that's, we, don't, we don't belong. Well, I don't know. On this that dark chimpanzee uh, thing going on earlier hey. didn't you know, give, give me any rave reviews there you don't either. Know, so, yeah, you, know. you don't know what those chimps are up to, man. They're up to no good, some of them. But the- I, that's <laughs> why they're always featured as the trunk monkeys. They're always the trunk monkeys in mm-hmm. those ads. If you if you go on, <laughs> YouTube's got a great collection of them. Yeah, yeah. So you said it's the you, you made a, a comment there that seems like it's the, it's the secret behind everything. What happened there? Say that again. Well, you have all kinds of foolishness going on. You know, governments playing their little games and intrigues going on. And then, uh, you know, World War One. you know, the joke in my history classes was that, you know, one of the reasons it was fought is because Coca-Cola needed to get control of the uh, the franchises because they had given up control of the 
of the of the recipe. And then after World War One, all those records, all those things were wiped clean. Wow, Coke. And they established, you know. <laughs> so I think you have corporations and I think you have governments yes. and the money that's going around. And every now and then when you get into like a political you need I mean, we've had uh, numerous uh, presidents that have gotten themselves into hot water and you know, we're launch a few cruise missiles, go down to the, uh, in, I mean, in the 20s, we had people going through the yeah, yeah, Central yeah. and South America, the yeah, banana, yeah. you know, the United Fruit Company. A lot of it is this, tied to trade. Is, yeah, tied to trade. And and you know, who makes what and who can trade, which World War II started really because uh, for Roosevelt, the USA finally stopped selling steel to, to Japan. So Japan, yeah, and, and started to curtail their ability to move around and get fuel. And, and that was it. Yeah, and then yeah, they yeah, said, yeah, now yeah, we yeah. have to go invade yeah, well. some country to, to get that. I mean, you know, it, it, it's 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 about, you know, who controls the trade routes, who's going to make more money than this, who's going to make more money than that. The perfect example is this. If you hear, a, um, there's a story where in, in at the beginning of World War II, before the United States got involved in it, we were helping Britain like crazy uh, because a lot of the stuff was leaving the United States going over to England, supporting the war effort, and of course the Atlantic, Atlantic Ocean is filled with German submarines. So it was like really tough to make it across the Atlantic and a lot of ships got sunk. So the British asked the United States if they could buy some or use some of their basically old destroyers, things that couldn't go after submarines. So there was this thing called the Lend-Lease Act. And basically what it was, Roosevelt was able to kind of go under the radar with it. Um, not really, but he didn't really put us get us involved yet, but he let the British take over the He was these. reluctant to do it, but he did it. He did it, and he right. let them take these destroyers, and, and when you hear that, you say, oh, isn't that great the United States gave them these destroyers? But the true story is is that in return for that, the United States demanded, like, there were four, like, centers of British commerce around the world. I think one of them was Bermuda. And, right. and the United States said, those have to come to us. I think that's how they got involved in the Azores, to tell you the truth. It wasn't all... You know, strawberries and blues in our pot. We wanted something back. This is during World War II. And the British said, okay, we're going to give something up, give us to the destroyers. That's what happened. But it just shows you that even though there's a war going on, they're thinking of trade routes and commerce and stuff like that. That's really what they're doing. And profit. And profit, exactly. All of the money. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, the banana was, you were saying, they went from 1898 to 1933. It's a lot of stuff. It's a lot of bananas. Amazing careers of many, many people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they Marine Corps wrote a doctrine on uh, counterinsurgencies from Mona. Hmm. Yeah. Jesse Puller uh, cut his cut his teeth on those uh, on those yeah. ops. What's this guy Breed okay. also? The, Listen, uh, Jesse Jesse Puller was not guy? a famous yeah, stripper. Uh, I thought you might bring uh, up the Great Emu War. I mean, uh, well, we already covered we, that. We or, did it. Uh, yeah, we did, did it. it. Where were you? I know we did it like about a year yeah, ago, I mean, and that's basically. The Australian military went to war with emus, which are kind of like ostriches. There's thousands of them out in the uh, Australian outback, too many of them. So the military said, we'll just go shoot them all. And it turns out the emus won the war. It's very hard to shoot an emu when he's, like, running very, very fast. And then they, like, divide themselves into squads yep. and make it, like, oh, yeah, diff- yeah. difficult you know, to handle. They're, they're, they're very aggressive animals. Incredible. Incredible. And if you yeah, see – uh, Their heads are, like, you know, an inch big, so you had to, like – yeah, they right. Had, they had feathers and all this stuff. You couldn't hit him and kill him. Couldn't hit him. I have a couple of Hey, Mac, uh, there's one I, I do want to I want to put an angle. It's one that you and I have talked about real quick. I think this one may be a, a perfect uh, chaser, no pun intended, to what I'm going to say here in this discussion. Hans Island between Canada and Greenland is a little island that sits pretty much right on the dividing line and the waterway between those, uh, those two parts uh, of the world. And... Um, on February 16th, uh, as of this year, 
a distillery out of uh, Denmark says, no peace, no whiskey. They want a resolution on Hans Island. Both uh, nations, obviously Greenland, with its ties still back to uh, Denmark, claim it. What started this was uh, in 1984, the uh, Canadians landed on the island. They uh, raised a uh, Canadian flag to claim the island for themselves, and they left a bottle of uh, Canadian whiskey uh, behind, uh, which was rapidly followed by the, the uh, defense minister uh, or the minister for Greenland made a trip onto the island, replaced the Canadian flag with Denmark's and whiskey with a bottle of schnapps. Never since the two sides have been playing this game back and forth of restaking it while the uh, diplomats have tried and failed to come up with a resolution. <laughs> And, uh, recently, the uh, Stoning Distillery is up the ante. It says one of its nine whiskey distillers in the market is threatening to start production unless both sides come to an agreement. Funny. I mean, the, and, and, you know, this uh, this this is something to keep an eye on. Uh, for coach, you know, not that Denmark is known as a, a real powerhouse for producing yes. whiskey and, and what it's going to cause. But I, I think it proves to you that whiskey drinkers do have a conscience, that they do care about world events, that they're willing to, uh, you know, to go to great lengths to see world peace. And then get the whiskey. Yeah, but 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 listen. I mean, if I was uh, someone who was advised in the Danish government, I would say leave something better than schnapps. You know what I mean? That's just like sugar, liquid sugar with booze in it. You're gonna give them. Is that the best they can do? Is what I'm saying. I I I, I personally I don't understand the schnapps thing myself, uh, but I guess that's kind of like the regional you know major drink. I'm on I'm on uh, Canada's side for this. Canadian whiskey is good. Schnapps. Okay. Yeah, that, that Crown Royal is all right. Hey, listen, Juan Juan is waving yeah. at me. Juan Juan, you were going to say something. Can you remember back that far? Um, about uh, the emus, I have a couple of friends that okay. dine with me at Farmer's Kitchen. They work at uh, Liberty Mutual down in Portsmouth. And, you know, with the emu campaign and everything mm. in their commercials, they had no clue. Commercials all day with that freaking emu. About the emu war or that emus were even a problem. Mm. The, they never heard of such a thing. They were mortified when they told them to Google it, look it up. Well, these guys are out there. These Australian <laughs> soldiers are out there with, with machine guns. And and as Jocko said, what they found out was that first of all, the th- first of all, they move very very fast. And if you shoot them like at a distance, the bullet might hit one feather or two, but it's not going to kill them because there's so many feathers to go through. And then all you got left besides that body is very skinny feet, a very skinny neck and head, and you're never going to hit that with a machine gun. And they won. They were laughing at those Australian soldiers. Yeah, the no wonder Japan the almost invaded them. They Some can't. of them had like uh, 20 wounds and lived or something. And in the end, the part that really got them, the Australians, was when the emus tried to make alliances with the ostriches. And the ostriches just wouldn't go. They had a union, and oh, they yeah. said, look, we're not getting involved. The ostriches didn't yeah. want to put the hand up. They, they, they didn't, two families got together, and one family said, no, we're not getting involved. I understand. Exactly. And the rest put their head in the sand and yeah, said, see? Yeah, I, I don't want to talk about it. Wow. Right. Another cliche come true. Wow, that's interesting. So, and the Kiwis, because they're flightless, couldn't get there to help them from New Zealand. So it was a disaster all around. Why is a Kiwi flightless? I mean, that's a ripoff. No, way to, no, way, no <laughs> reason to fly. No reason. You know, no reason to fly. They they swim well, on the water. Fly in the water. They fly they in the water. They're flying right. here. Right. But hmm. you know they they were trying to get the landing craft over there for the kiwis, and by the time they yeah. did it, the war was over. Mm. Kiwis, yeah. They right. don't call a puffin a penguin, right? Puffin, right? Yeah. Exactly. It, that's kind of an insult. Yeah. I'm not sure which to who, but yeah. Hey, listen, the kangaroos were watching that emu law, and they were saying, "We're next, right? How many kangaroos?" Yeah. And, and they talk about YouTube. I, I spent way too much time on YouTube. There are pictures on YouTube of kangaroos doing some really violent stuff, man. Oh, yeah. They're they are beating up dogs and stuff. Look for this one, you'll love it if you see it this week, get a chance. 
the guy comes in on one of those parasails, you know, the oh, I saw that, yes. fly around. Yeah. He lands on this LZ and this kangaroo comes out of nowhere yeah. and smacks him. Yes, I mean, just comes him. up, kicks him, knocks him on his butt, and then uh, takes off. Yeah, yeah. It looks like he took his wallet. <laughs> the guy's coming down, he's talking, he's talking. He sees the it. The whole time he's in his paraglider, he's coming down, he's coming down, he's in his sail thing. He goes there, and obviously you see this thing come out of nowhere from stage left. Just comes up. Slams him, knocks him yeah, down yeah, the ground, yeah. goes through his pockets, and then takes no, off. No, he didn't go. No, the guy is going like, and the guy's like, I'm, I'm leaning out. And he goes, oh, a kangaroo. And all of a sudden, boom. That kangaroo like knocks him like 10 feet. Oh, and you know why funny. they steal. They got the pouch. They, they, right. they have a place to put it. They don't have to carry it in their hand. Yeah, like, they, I got nothing. They have I'm a clean. search warrant. You know, if, if something like Jocko rolls up. But listen, you, know, you just can't go right into the pouch. You got to have. You know, but seriously, why pouch. would the why would the kangaroo? Got, what what's it. the kangaroo think is going on there? Do you think it's a bird or something? And he's he's getting the they bird out. Of no, he's gonna go to Whole Foods. Whoa, Whole Foods! <laughs> They're just nasty. Yeah. You'll never they you'll never see a war at Whole Foods. I can guarantee you that. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> hmm. Aren't they just so nasty? Them kangaroos, they'll kick you, they'll yeah, punch yeah. you with the hands, and they're strong as heck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah this... had, uh, I had kangaroo and I had ostrich meat when I was in Australia. Oh, come on. Now you're going to talk about eating these things? What that taste like? Which chicken? is better? Yeah, which is better? Um, it was like deer. Uh, the, the kangaroo was very much like venison to me. Yeah, it tastes like chicken. Yeah, they can't eat any of that stuff, man. That's like, that's, that's wild. And the, well, the, I mean, the, uh, the, the, uh, Okay. Ostrich meat was very much like turkey. You know, it was very hard to tell the difference. Yeah. Were there any you know, bullets Matt, in you it? Asked about a, you asked about when hunting and the deer meat, the best thing to do in it is you got to make sausage out of it. Oh, you don't have to do anything. Because, about. you know, it, it has, it gets rid of all that gaminess, you know? Yeah, that's one. That's, that's that why. No, it isn't. It's awful. Juan, Juan, is that some kind of x rated thing you're shooting around to the group? It's a kangaroo thing. I don't know if it's the exact one. Uh, it's a radio show. Coco was talking about, but it's pretty close. <laughs> you, you go down to an Australian police station, they got all the wanted folders. They probably got kangaroos. Kangaroo, yeah, yeah they mean the animals. No people. They look cute, and they're supposed to be cute, but they're terrible. They're really, really mean, mean animals. So listen, so why don't we take a commercial break now? What, uh, Raven is not – why? Because we're talking bad about the animals now? You're not going to talk about this? Your, your, your microphone is muted. Yeah. I'm watching the YouTube video. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't know if you can hear it. It's really loud. <laughs> okay, do we do we get that? <laughs> Why don't we take? Yeah, yeah. Well, she's doing that. Why don't we take a commercial break now? You're listening to Mac Maloney's Military X Files show here on the Disney. You know, a Thunder. picture of her watching a YouTube. Yeah, a clip of her. You should put on YouTube. Right. Look at look at the expression as she's watching. This. The whole gang is here, and we'll be right back after this. Please stay tuned. It's early medieval Europe. Norse marauders are pouring down from the north, steppe riders threaten from the east, and Moorish raiders are surging up from the south. Now, as the Vikings plan an invasion of Ireland, the country's aging king must somehow protect his nation. But who is up to the task? Nordic sagas tell us an obscure and unlikely hero arises to save his people. Wolf of Clontarf leaps into history as a nightmare to the Norse and avenger for the Celts. It's Vikings meets Braveheart as this legendary Irish warrior, some medieval special operations forces, and a young woman spy help the Irish king defeat the Viking invaders. It's a tale spanning 15 years and leading up to the most decisive battle of the Middle Ages. That's Wolf of Clontarf, a new novel from Thomas J. Howley, now on Amazon.
Welcome back, everyone, to Mac Maloney's Moltrex on show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. Wow, what a show we have had for you tonight. And it's not over yet. Very quickly, let me introduce members of the gang. Uh, girl, famous, very famous one-one is here. Yeah, Mac, it's more to come. You're right, it ain't over till it's over. Who said that? Yogi Berra. Who invented, Yogi Berra. Who invented yeah. Yoo-Hoo? Who invented the Yoo-Hoo? Who invented the, the drink Yoo-Hoo? With the drink Yogi Berra? Did. Yogi Berra did. You bet he done. He did? He was a freaking genius. Anyway. He did the edge. <laughs> uh, he, he, he owned the company, as it turns out. It wasn't as wow. dumb as everyone thought he was. The coolest thing about him was, you know, these people, you know, not to go into baseball, they'd throw him any kind of a pitch. Didn't make any difference. It was over his head. He did it out. He, you know, he did it off the ground. He didn't care about that slide of a fastball. He just swung at stuff. And right. a lot of times it went out of the park. You know, he didn't think about that. Great editor. You know, I guess if you don't think yep. about it, maybe that it gives you an advantage. But anyway, you see, see the ball, hit the ball. Yeah, and run like hell. That's the simplest way to play baseball. Yeah. Anyway, uh, JJ, did I introduce you already? But I have to go back into it again. Yeah, you did. I did. The thing about baseball now, and then we we'll wrap it up with that. Go ahead. Is they talk about uh, the analytics? Well, how do you spell analytics? Nah, who knows? They're not doing it anymore. They're going away from it. It's and the stupid. Show Walton took over the Mets. Says he's not using it. Yeah, he's lying. And they got to get rid of that shift because you know it's like these guys, like Max says, they hit one way. They can't. When I played ball, you, you hit it where they weren't. You could, right. you know, you, you go direct the ball where you wanted. That's the whole basis of baseball. Was hit him where, it's where like, they yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I hit it right to a guy. He's like five guys on one side of the field. Listen, I used to be the biggest. You got a hole ninety feet long. I'd right. be dying. Right. Why don't you just pop it in there, man? I mean, you know, because you don't. You're not a man. If you do that, it's stupid. It's it, you know what it is, Matt. They can't change their feet. They don't want to mess with their swing. Oh, man, it's like, they're making like twenty five million dollars a year. These freaking guys. Yeah. These freaking baseball players. I'm telling you. And I'm going to say this now before I introduce everyone else. I was a sports writer, and let me. I covered all four major sports. Okay, this is before I went to. Uh, Film school, one one. No, it was after film school. I'm sorry. It was uh, after film school. You're so disgusted with film school. Hockey players, hockey players are the best. Hockey players are the best. They're just regular people, yep. and I think it's because most of them are from Canada. Let's say, okay. Basketball players, basketball players are good, okay, but they're big, tall guys, you know, and and frequently they're big, tall black guys, and they don't want to talk to you know little me, you know what I mean? But they were cordial. No, they, they were nice, but they were very intellectual. Basketball players are very thinking type of guys, you know, and they're very measured in what they say and everything. Football players, they're all nuts. They're all on steroids and stuff. They don't care, you know, and they're all basically dumb. Um, and, and But they're, they have a short life in their professional career. I mean, a football player lasts four years, man. You're lucky. Yeah. You don't get hurt in your throat. Baseball players, forget about it. They're the most pampered athletes going. You know, they hurt a fingernail. I'm a little too tired to play. I got a pain in my – I mean, come on, really, seriously. Yeah, it never was like that. Never. Overpaid, overpaid. Man, oh, man. And spoiled and, – and just think of every – the biggest jock in your time when you grew up, right? He was an hole, right? Well, he's – you know, he's in the major leagues, you know? That's what it is. Hey, the Matt, Mac, as a like sports writer, tell me if I'm right. The biggest nutcase is head case. Goalies, place, you know, field goal kickers or kickers. Mm -hmm. um, and um, oh, what was it? Quarterbacks. Pitches. Pitches. No, not quarterbacks. Pitches. Pitches are flakes. Yeah. Pitches are real flakes. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. They're I mean, all nuts. They're all crazy. Goalies, you got to be. Well, who would be the drummer in the athletic world? Oh, that's a good question. Mm. Judge that. Or the catcher. Yeah, I would say goalies are catchers. Goalies, yeah. Goalies and catchers are the drummers, yeah. Yep. And the pitchers are the lead guitar player or the lead singer. And then uh, the three guys in back, you are the guitar players. And then in the back, you have the keyboard players and the synth players. Put them way, way back in the shadows. No, I don't see them. They're, they're in left field. Got yeah. it. Where, where would you put Kyrie Irving? 
Yeah, he's a jerk. Well, let me introduce <laughs> everyone else first. Okay. okay, Raven is here. Raven, hello. Am I? Inter- you're in your your bun now. Your bun is gone. Please, give us a bun update. Oh, it's still there. Okay, all right. Wow, now I see that ghost moving around. Look at that as a bun, man. It's it's a camouflage oh. bun, it's and a- I'm I have my special um blue scrunchie in. Oh, the blue scrunchie. Oh, so from your you. fan, yes, yes, you. My fan. A fan sent you a scrunchie. Yes. Yes. A Christmas. Blue. Wow, no, it's that's like a metallic forward. blue. It's perfect for my hair because there's so much of it. it I I really gotta. Wow. Snug How it up there. I know your address. They, it went through oh, me. They must the, me up in the phone book. You perv. It went through me. Oh. <laughs> wow. That's, that's scary. <laughs> wow. We okay. Looked you up in the phone book. They still have phone books. No, of course. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, down there, got uh, yellow pages. Down there, really, yeah, you better yeah. look into that. They're, they went out of business about ten years ago. Someone's trying to screw you there. Hey, listen, I think there's yellow pages online. I think. There's a yeah. uh, way, way down south of the Mason Dixon line. I don't want to say on the wrong side, but you know that's debatable. Is a uh, uh, Southern correspondent, Jocko Johnson, Jojo. How are you, Mac? Good. I look at myself now as the Army of Occupation. Oh, really? Yeah, you're down there doing that. Yeah, that goes over good at the barbecue. Doing that for us? Yeah. Okay. All right. Sorry, they lost. In the possum pate. Yeah, you lost. Get over it. Get over it. That's right. (laughs) Absolutely. If more of them got over it, we'd be in a better situation. But that's in the show. Hey, Mac, you know, uh, you talk about phone books. When I was a cop in New York, that was like our number one piece of intelligence. What, to hit the guy with the phone book? No, no. (laughs) To look information. (laughs) That also. But look information. Mm -hmm. And there were other things. Like, we had a reverse book. Oh, that was Oh, yeah, yeah. We used to have one of those. Believe it or not, we had a reverse phone book. Man, those Terminator was good with the phone book, too. Looking up Sarah Connor. Did he look her up? Is that in the play? I never saw that movie. Yeah. Did he look her up in the phone yeah. book? How many Sarah Connors with? Three of them? kidding me. Yeah. The first yeah, one, he goes like to the three. phone book and he pulls the page out. Right. They don't want to spend all the more hate, than five minutes writing that scene? That. Is that a page out. And then he went down the list alphabetically, killing all the Sarah Connors and, and, and get to her. Right. Every time I hear a phone book, I think of the jerk and he's like, the new phone books are yeah. here. The new phone books are here. <laughs> and it's the best thing ever. He is a jerk. Wow, we, huh? Yeah, I'm a Schwarzenegger. Someone said to him today that uh, about him. Um, no, I should. He knows what it's like to to throw a load in the dishwasher. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he sorried into that boy. Oh. <laughs> he misinterpreted the hand. Yeah, he was sorry he didn't do that by hand. Yeah, right. Right. Yeah, you went good. Wowee. Okay. So now we have Arnold after us. Cool. So listen, we're doing a show. Allegedly tonight on weird wars, we've talked about all these kind of weird things that happened in war, and why people go to war, and different weapons in war, and so on. But uh, I know that Coco has a couple stories that are just kind of weird stories from war, right? Am I right? Yeah. Yep. Uh, let's start out World War II. Um, it, it's one of our favorite ones, Mac, because it, it comes up in your books from time to time, um, and uh, it is the uh, the very famous. It's it has two categories where it's supposed to be the last ofs. Um, this is the last shootdown of a German aircraft by an Allied aircraft in the German theater of operations. And it is the last, or only, I should say, confirmed shootdown of another aircraft by a 45 caliber pistol in 1911. So wow, really? what we have here is uh, the end of the war, the tanks, the uh, Armored personnel carriers, everything is racing east uh, on the Americans towards uh, Berlin. Obviously, the Russians are closing from the east. And you have an L-5 uh, Stinson that's out flying. Its uh, name is the Miss Me, uh, M-I-S-S, Me, Miss Me. And uh, Lieutenant Francis is the pilot. 
his observer is Lieutenant Martin. These were the aircraft that were part of the uh, of the armored uh, columns that would be used, and as well as artillery as well. And they were used as observers to call in uh, accurate fires or to give the reconnaissance that was needed. They spotted one of the most uh, well-known um, uh, short takeoff and landing airplanes, the Leicher Storch, or Stork in English, the F. I-156. They spotted this German aircraft and uh, Martin, uh, the observer, says, uh, we've spotted a German aircraft and we're going to give him, we're about to give him combat. And they dove at him, got up alongside the Storch, and uh, he couldn't force him down with the airplane, so he took out his 45, his ACP, and he shot uh, the the uh, 45 slugs into the aircraft and the Storch crashes. Now, they're in an L-5, which is another, you know, fairly short takeoff landing airplane. They circle around and they see uh, that there's movement inside the storage. So they land their airplane. The pilot runs up and grabs the German pilot who's taking off. And the observer pulls out the observer of the German airplane who's been shot in the foot. And uh, they had successfully taken down a another airplane with a 45, which is interesting when you think that's how it started in World War One. Two airplanes flying on the... Uh, on the front, meeting each other, and they used to wave to each other. And then one day, somebody took up the uh, the pistol, and then it turned into rifles. And the next thing you know, we we're arming them up. Interesting, yeah. So that that's one of, like I said, it, it's interesting because we've talked about the one where the Marine uh, fighter pilot in the Pacific Theater is coming down in the parachute, and the Japanese pilot that he was in combat with comes at him in the parachute, and the Marine takes out his 45 and he unloads his 45 at this uh, Japanese cool. attacking fighter airplane and he doesn't get hit. He, the, the Marine survives. He lands. And when they find the crashed airplane, one of those rounds had gone right through the head of the enemy Japanese pilot. Uh, wow. Wow. Man, talk about lucky. But shot. that one's never been confirmed. And technically he was in a parachute mm-hmm. and it doesn't really qualify the same way. But aerial combat, aerial combat to me on that. Yeah. And, Obviously, the Aussie uh, paraglider guys probably need to bone up on the lesson from that Marine uh, if they're going to get attacked by kangaroos. Yes. So you, got, you, got, you know, it's a full service thing. He should uh, have a, a little Japanese flag tattooed on his uh, neck. I don't like they would put a Japanese flag on the plane that shot it <laughs> yeah, down. Yeah, there you go. He has one. Cheek of your butt or something like that. That could be, uh, that could be special. He has one shoot down. Here's one I really, really do love this story, though. Um, it's, he's the... The Barking Mad Major, and I find people all through actual history that emulate what Mac put into Hawk Hunter, a major in the uh, in his books and the Wingman series, and and, and Starhawk and and and, and other on still everywhere. On still And I, uh, this major is pretty pretty funny uh, guy. Um, so again, he is now in a Piper uh, L four, which is basically a J three Piper, which was used again. As a uh, as a scouting and uh, reconnaissance airplane, they would help call fire, and uh, he he just felt that they were not getting enough uh, because he was not an armed airplane. He wasn't getting enough uh, ability to uh, to engage the enemy. So he had heard some people had been strapping on different types of weapons to their airplanes and to vehicles, and he got himself uh, bazookas from the infantry and he put them on the uh the cantilever strut that holds the wing up and he mounted them up and then he rigged up a way to fire them from inside the uh uh the cockpit and he pretty much flew uh, as a single pilot in this capability 
And he started to go out and uh, start working uh, these scouting missions. And he engaged a number of tanks and he managed to half destroy a tank on the ground uh, with this capability. There's a great YouTube uh, uh, on it if you want to see it, Bazooka Charlie. And uh, like I said, to me, uh, he ended up as a lieutenant colonel, uh, Mm -hmm. Charles Carpenter. And he flew the L-4 Grasshopper. And I, I just absolutely love the story because you think about uh, a, an aircraft that can take off and land from basically little dirt trips anywhere. Right. And these guys are rigging stuff up. Mm. When he did do this like a little uh, initially, airplane. which happens quite often, mm-hmm. uh, the Army officials wanted to court-martial him uh, because of his reckless behavior for taking an airplane that wasn't designed to go do this and going into the face of the enemy. Um, but uh, Patton actually stepped in. And uh, made him uh, got got it uh, cleared up and actually awarded him the silver star. Is that right? Yeah. There's funny. There's, there's you can tell. There's you could probably fill a book with instances where people have just taken ordinary things, let's say, and you know, arm them up like crazy. Like uh, in World War II, there's a famous airplane called the B-25. It was a medium bomber. It's basically a, a flying fortress with two engines on well, it. Well, we just, we just had the anniversary of the B-25s making the raid onto Tokyo. There it was go. just the 30, other day of our taking. 30 seconds over Tokyo. 18th. Uh, and uh, it was just a very versatile plane, you know. And uh, in World War II, I think that would be the plane. If I was going to be on one, I think I'd want to be on that plane. So, um, But anyway, they did stuff like, um, you know, put like 14 forward, you know, forward uh pointing guns on these things. They'd put them on their wings. They'd put them in the nose. They'd put them on their turrets and everything. And, like, they would come in and, you know, one burst would sink a ship, that type of thing, you know. They would just go ship-busting. Crazy, crazy things that they do. Another guy had a— if you, if you get the chance, I would tell you to look up Pappy Gunn, one of the most—another one of these guys that kind of emulates the, uh, the Mac uh, Maloney wingman. Uh, this guy was an amazing uh, pilot, and he was one of the uh, really— prime movers and creating the capability that Max talking about taking basically a, an attack gunship out of the B-25. Yeah, and there was another guy who he um, took one of those uh, ASC rescue planes that they used to have over there. Not an albatross, but, uh, you know, one of those planes. Are you thinking of the uh, Catalina? You're right, the Catalina. You know, put a cannon on the front of it and would dive bomb places. I mean, right. you know, you give yeah, these the people... black hats. Uh, yeah, yeah. Very right. famous yep. unit. They painted them all black. They put, like, five and six... Uh, 50 cals in the nose, they actually would have a, a, a sailor sitting on top of the guns in the nose of the of the aircraft. And then he was told, and he was the one that actually pulled the, uh, uh, the, the, the hammers back, the levers back to get the guns to fire. I can't imagine what that must have sounded mm. felt like. Yeah, really. Like that. Yeah. Funny. Now, we got time for one more, Mac? Yeah, one more quick. We have two minutes. All right. I, I love this one as well. We've talked about this a little bit. Um, the Regulus missile was the first missile that really deployed with the Navy early on. It, 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 it had probably roots in the buzz bomb, and the Navy was able to put them on subs and then surface, and then it started what we now consider fairly you know, standard capabilities for, uh, for submarines. Um, there was a very <laughs> interesting test that they decided to do. So... They decided in 1959 to use one of these Regulus missiles as part of a test, go with range, which was about, uh, I think it ran someplace in the neighborhood of like uh, 3,000 miles. Correction, a 3,000-pound uh, payload that it could carry on it, and it had about a 100-mile range on the shot. So that, let me figure the numbers correct. So they loaded it up with about 3,000 letters 
um, uh, from there, and they launched it from the sub, and they shot it with a towards Jacksonville, uh, uh, Florida, at Mayport, the one of the large naval air stations around Jacksonville. Okay, and they were able to prove that that they could put the cargo and the boxes in there. Now, the mm-hmm. concept alone is something that I've I've seen almost word for word. Uh, you know, in variations in your book and some others and the techno thrillers, which I think is pretty crazy. Yes. But they also said that this one had, uh, since it had the ability to pinpoint drop pretty close from this package of mail, uh, it proved to the world in 1959 that every sub now had this capability and it really shook it loose uh, with the uh, then Soviets. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it really threw some stuff off. And these things happen from time to time. The Air Force perfected dropping a a dummy ICBM out of a C-5, and they demonstrate that capability by flying a C-5 and then air-launching this non-nuke yes. uh, ICBM out of it. And Kissinger wanted that to happen so badly because when he did it, he was in peace talks trying to convince the, the Soviets, the then Soviets, that you need to come to the peace table and be serious. Yes. And then, why they're at this conference, the Air Force has just now said every C-5, every large transport airplane in the Air Force, could have an ICBM on it. Oh, yeah. And be out flying around in air launchable capability. Yeah, yeah, cool. That's why they don't yeah. go to sleep at night. Crazy, man. Uh, very strange war stories. Weird war is a really kind of uh, unusual subject to get into. Thanks, everyone, for uh, contributing. We have to uh, wrap up the show now with uh, our plugs, and then we'll say goodbye to everybody. First of all, Homes for Our Troops. Homes for Our Troops is a military organization that uh, builds homes for um, veterans who may have lost limbs in the service of our country after 9-11, so basically the Iraq and Afghanistan war. Um, what they do is they take your donations, our donations, and they build houses uh, for these people. And then when the house is completed, and they do it in such a way that they um, make it easier for this veteran to get around, low counter space, no stairs, things like that, just make it a little bit easier. And then when it's uh, built, they give them the keys, they rip up the mortgage. It's their house for free. They deserve it. So go to Homes for Our Troops and help them out, 88 cents of your dollar goes towards our veterans. And if you know the um, charity biz, that's a very, very high number. So Homes for Our Troops, uh, please uh, look them up on Google, see what they're about. I also want to thank our listeners out there who have already contributed to them. Uh, that just makes it all worthwhile. I've said that over and over again. Thank you very much. Uh, now we are going to talk about the bag of swag. Anyone who wants a bag of swag, uh, please go to Mac. Whoop, there's someone calling right now. Uh, please go to macmoney.com, hit the contact button, and you will get a bag of swag. The bag of swag presently contains two pins, uh, four buttons, four bar coasters, four 3D decals, and four magnets. How about that? How about that for a bag wow, of swag? Wow, four. Hmm. That sounds good. Yeah. That's a good bag. Mac Maloney Enterprise is going to declare bankruptcy after this bit is over, believe me. But we're spreading a lot around. <laughs> And people love those barcoses, baby. That was Coco's idea, Coco. Let's salute him right now. Come on, let's let's clap for Coco, first of all. Let's clap for Coco. Not, not necessary. And salute him right now, please. Call it oh, off there, Wani. first service. Call it off, Wani. There we go. Okay. Thank you for that, Coco. Also, we job, are, Coco. we're talking about um, a new contest that we have. Called Five Questions with Raven. Five Questions for Raven. So what we're asking people to do is go to um, the same place, MacMaloney.com, hit the contact button, and just write to us, Magic Fishbowl, or Five Questions for Raven. And what we're going to do is we're going to just pick a name out of the fishbowl and have that listener, that lucky listener, on the air, and they can ask Raven five questions about anything. Is that right, Raven? 
That is correct. Nothing is off mm. limits. Nothing is off limits. You can ask like, uh, what's the favorite pillow that you sleep on, and can I have it after you slept on it? Something like that. Uh, That's okay. Yeah. I get them from Target, and I'm kind of attached, okay. so you can cross that question okay. off your off your list. There will be one one. There will be right. one one question. Well, that's he's already <laughs> filled the magic fishbowl with someone named Mac too. So anyway, so go to <laughs> macmaloney.com, hit the contact button, and uh, just put in the magic words "magic fishbowl" or "I want to ask Raven five questions," something like that, and we'll do that in a future show. Hopefully, it will be a lot of fun. And um, I'm looking forward to it. one last thing, too. My friend, Johnny, down in the North End, I have to mention because we went to dinner at his place the other day, last night, the Cantina Italiano mm-hmm. down in the middle of North mm, End. Yum, Great that place. sounds so good. Pofa. Mm. Pofa. What did you have? I had spaghetti and meatballs because that's just me, okay? Because I figure if they can do spaghetti and meatballs, they can do everything. And uh, people I was with, while well, I was telling them off air that um, someone had um, you know, shrimp scampi, someone else had some other Italian dish. It's so authentic. They come out and they put it uh, right on the frying pan. That's, that's what you eat it off of. They take it from the stove onto your table. Everything so there is homemade. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. The only weird thing was when we went in, my people we were with said, do you want to sit with your back to the wall? You know what I mean? <laughs> I, says, well, I told you. I told you. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't have a preference. Go on their web- website. Just Google it. Cantina Italiana. Italiana. Yeah, yeah. Mm, right in the middle of the night. 1931, oh, 346 really? Hanover Street. 346 Hanover Street, baby. Right in the middle of everything down oh, there. Oh, man. And, Thomas, uh, you want to expand this seating like we did in Brooklyn. They put mirrors over all over so you could see everywhere. I'll see but, everywhere? Good point. I'll bring that up no next matter. time I see no, you, no, Nobody has to worry about the wall. Uh, it was uh, an interesting evening, but a great place. So, you know, if you're in the North End in Boston, you're looking for Italian food. Supposedly, it's the best Italian food in the world, even better than in yeah. Italy. Go to the Cantina Italiano. Tell them Juan whenever Juan I go, sent you. Whenever I go into those places, I go to the bathroom and check for any weapons behind the toilet tanks or anything like that. Do you really? You're the one who does that. Grins. You're like freaking <laughs> Batman. See if somebody's going to play it. Just mind your own business. Mind your own business. You know what we say on my end of the woods? <laughs> Leave one one, take the cannolis. <laughs> right. Keep moving, Mac. Keep moving. You got a show to close, baby. <laughs> no. oh, hey, thank oh. you. No, I just I, want so much. I make my own. I make my own. <laughs> on that note, I want to thank everyone for listening and thank everyone for joining us. Thank you guys and girls for joining us. And until You're welcome. You, Thanks for having us. Until you thank hear you. us. Until you it's hear a blast. us. Until you hear us next week. Say hi to Bob for me. Don't say that. Hey, why do you have to bring that up now? Really? Because. We were going to say bye to him again. Oh, that's right. Well, yeah, let's say goodbye to him. And let's yeah, do it on. right this time, okay? I got to be here for another hour or so. Okay, here we go. We have a toast. A quick toast, toast. to Bob. Oh, I just yeah. have, have, a beer. Bob, Bob. have a beer here. Go ahead. One, Bob, one, you lead to it. you. Good night, Bobby boy. Good night, Bobby boy. Goodbye, Bobby boy. Go. Uh, you're done. Peace, brother. You're working, your work is done, you know. Stop. No more cart machines to fix. Yeah, no more paper no to more shred. Tables to All the equipment the is great. You're good. Go to the light. You've Stop done your job. To the light. Stop stealing Pete's Maybe. beer. Okay. Baby's watching you, Mac. He's helping you. Thank you very much, Chuck. <laughs> Godspeed there, Bobby. And hurry up, please. So anyway, okay, I want to say thank you to everyone listening to us. Uh, thank you for everyone uh, downloading us. We're coming up on a big number as far as download podcast totals. Still can't believe it, but we'll talk about that next week. So until then, uh, this is Mac for the rest of the gang saying... and. Till then, no, wait, let's do that again. Ready, Wani? Yeah, ready. Okay. So until then, this is Mac for the rest of the gang saying be safe, be happy, and bye-bye.